Oh, hey, y'all. Barely back in studio from a wonderful weekend in Boise, Idaho with the crew from We the Patriots USA. And uh, hats off. Just amazing, amazing event. Great people. Wonderful uh, discussions on and off the air with great, uh, let's just say it, people with the heart in the right place. And anytime we can do that, I just, I'm, I'm uplifted and benefited from it. Although I'm a little tired <laughs> coming back, but I was delayed seven hours. I won't belabor that. I'll complain to Super Don when we're actually on the air <laughs> and he'll carry the show forward today. We've got two uh, wonderful guests today, Jeff Pearson, talking about a topic that we haven't covered much over the years, hydrocephalus. He has experienced it himself and he's helping a lot of people out. And also, uh, we have Kevin Barry on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I know this guy so well uh, that I think I've had him on the show, and I'll have to ask him. I mean, look, I've only been doing this for, what, this is a 24th year broadcasting. It's possible I forget if somebody's been on the show or not because I met them. We'll find out. But Kevin Barry, all about freedom, religious freedom, informed choice, Connecticut, New Jersey healthcare workers winning against the hospitals. There's a lot to talk about on the air today. So thank you for being here. Join us. Share it. RSB. That's me, robertscabbell.com slash listen for the chat room, and we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, let's say we do a show today. Back in studio, kicking in the Monday and uh, breaking down those Monday doors and uh, broadcasting to the world. Uh, the, gen- the What is this? June? June 5th edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Hardly know. I showed up on time, Super Don, but barely. Uh, I just had to uh, recover and get out in the garden a little bit and see how things are growing in my absence for a few days while I was out of town, but I'm liking what I see. And I've seen some pictures from you starting some garden things happening up there after the last freeze. Yeah. I've had my first casualty though. Oh no. What, what went down? Unfortunate. A neighborhood cat has decided that one of my raised beds makes a good cat box. Ah, and, and dug up one of my little baby watermelon uh, uh, starters. starters. And yeah. so I got to go replace that. And I've got a few other things to add to the mix. I like cats, but I'd be pissed at that cat at that yeah. point. Yeah, that's yeah. not cool. So I don't know. I got to get like, uh, get go, go to the, get the Acme Corporation, get one of those like big anvils with a rope, you know, <laughs> to, you know, that can draw yes. water or something. Anyway, anyway we'll we'll do some pictures and videos from the garden this week because I'm in town enough to do that. And I want to show everybody what we've got going as well. And we do this not to brag, not to show off, but to show you that if I can do it and if Super Don can do it, you can do it too. And we love to get your garden pictures in uh, as well. And we, we do a lot more when we do our Zoom AMAs for our uh, patrons uh, crowd. But I'm happy to showcase other people's gardens when you when you got things. Absolutely, and we've gotten over the years we've gotten some really cool pictures. So you can just email those to me mm-hmm. at askrsb at gmail dot com. Put in the subject line something, please that that makes it look like something other than all the other spam baloney <laughs> that I get right every every day. Um, yeah. You know, garden pics or something in the in the uh, subject line, and we'll be happy to feature those on the show. And, and a lot of things end up first up on our patron support page. So if you'd, if you'd like to be part of that, we, we meet every month on a Zoom AMA interactive. 
and it's been great. We have a schedule already. You can look it up and tell me when it will be for this month, but also uh, let everybody know what's going up first and maybe exclusively only there uh, from this past weekend, as well as um, some other things that are updated. I think uh, the um, Advanced Medicine Mondays with Dr. Batar, years of them are slowly making yeah, their way up. So I'm, I'm peppering those in, uh, the the old archive, starting back in 2011, the uh, uh, Advanced Medicine Mondays with Dr. Batar. Uh, so those are going up. Uh, I grabbed mm-hmm. um, uh, your presentation at the We Patriots the USA conference uh, on Saturday. Saturday the one morning. I just did. Yes, the one that you did. And that thing is packed. That's 20 minutes of packed information Dude, that you will you will I, not get anywhere else. I don't think I've ever condensed so much into 20 minutes. There was no room for, I look, for, so apologize for those of you who like the fat. There was no fat. <laughs> it was all meat. I mean, every bit of it. For, I had 20 minutes to, to bring uh, a message of empowerment, not in a theoretical way but in a practical, pragmatic way to in- introduce. And many of you know a lot of these things from listening to me or seeing me lecture over the years, but it seems like uh, you know I, I have a, a sense of urgency about getting people on the right things right away so that you don't en- end up in trouble again, You know, in case in point, COVID craziness, or if you're already in trouble, to get you out of trouble. And so it was very pragmatic and practical. And I think, um, well, I know if the feedback was great, that it's like it wasn't okay. about focusing on the problem it was like all right yeah here it is but let's just boom right through i noticed there was a laugh or two and uh i think you even got some people on their feet uh when you were done there i did not notice any of that in fact i don't remember making anything funny happen because i was like i i don't have time for funny i don't have time for it was a funny joke that you made about uh skin wrinkles oh okay and, okay, and people laughed about that. Oh, that's right. Yes, when it comes yes. to wrinkling, that's right. And they f- suddenly pay attention. See, I did watch it, mm. dude. I'm impressed. Anyway, you, you remembered more than I remember. So, so that'll be going up uh, probably like tonight or tomorrow. And also, there's a couple of uh, uh, interviews that you did, mm-hmm. uh, bonus interviews that will work into the show at some point. But if you're on Patreon, you get access to those first. One of them is with Ryan Cole. Dr. Ryan Cole and I had a great right. discussion. Uh, philosophical stuff. We we went Bruce Lipton. We went into the garden. We did all kinds of cool stuff, and I just love doing that. And Ryan Cole's what a great great guy, great heart, and uh, extraordinary. He's got six girls like Leslie does, wow. although they're older. He's got one left at home apparently, and so we talked about. I know I can't can't imagine <laughs> either. Also, uh, what was it on Sunday we aired? Brian Festa and Peter McCullough on, Peter McCullough. on the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you missed that, gr- another great discussion with Peter, and uh, a little. Little pushing and pulling, not bad, but I mean, very respectful, you know, engaging in the things he didn't know and I didn't, you know, all of that. And I love that discussion. I think it's a good thing to be able to see. You don't have to agree with someone 100% of the time to respect them, appreciate them, and call them a friend. And that, the more of that we have, the better off we'll be. There you Dr. go. Dr. Peter McCullough. Yeah. Ladies face COVID-19. Yeah. There you go. A couple other uh, pictures here that you threw at me. That just, oh, yeah. This is I Kevin and me at the Capitol, in front of the Capitol at Bo- in Boise, yeah. Idaho. And oh, there's Doc Newsom, right? You, you can see how high the river is running there. The snow melt, even in uh, Idaho, is incredible right now. Nice. And nice. that was beautiful. There's Brian Festa from We the Patriots USA. And I want to shout out to Don Jolly as well. Oh, look who we ran into. Laban and Anna Ditchburn came to the event, and it was so wonderful, the reunion. We'll get to see more of them. They left the Taj Mahal to go to Boise, Idaho. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, my, way of, my way of Las Vegas. But they were at the real one, nice. not the Las Vegas one. So it was go. great to see them. We'll hear more from them. And uh, we have uh, 
We have some more stories in the show notes that Superdon has at robertsgapbell.com. Also, the premiere of the Plandemic 3 or The Great Awakening by Mickey Willison team. And I, I because I was delayed like seven hours yesterday at the airport, I had nothing to do. Uh, I got to catch up a little bit with Dr. Jack, James Lyons Wilder, who we had on, I think, on Friday's show from the uh, event. And uh, let's see, who else did I see? Of course, Kevin was at the airport. I got to see him a little bit extra. That was nice. But I had a lot of downtime, so I watched the, uh, the, the film before I got finally got to board the plane. And I will say this, I highly recommend it. Uh, there will be some people that complain there's not enough solutions in it, but I'm just going to say it right here, right now. There is no magic or silver bullet for all that ails us geopolitically or otherwise. And there are a lot of good insights that are given that you should take and run with and expand upon. But I, I that's, to me, that's not a criticism that's valid. Personally, I don't feel it's valid. Uh, I think it's beautiful the way Mickey Willis bookended this documentary film with G. Edward Griffin from the 1960s to G. Edward Griffin now. That says a lot right there to recognize what G. Edward saw all those decades ago, 50, 60 years ago now, and to see it manifest. And I think the hardest thing will be for some hardcore liberals, even if you have a good heart, right? Not the heartless liberals. It's not funny they say that about conservatives, <laughs> but they're going to be upset by some of the How things. How can you have a bleeding heart if with no heart? Yeah. Well, sense. I'm just saying that you're going to have to be able to look in the mirror and see where you have been failing on calling out those that claim to be liberal that have corrupted what might be, let's say, legitimate and good about the history of, of liberalism. And I would say classical liberalism, more or less, but like yeah, the Kennedy-Democrat thing. And that's an important uh, yeah. important point to make because what people would call liberal today is mm -hmm. was conservative uh, <laughs> yeah. in some ways. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's very, it's weird how things have flip-flopped. So what the, what the challenge will be, Super Don, for people on the left is to, to step back and realize it's not an indictment of their liberal ideas or values in, in a, uh, uh, let's say, a human sense. But those that have co-opted and corrupted it and become violent and hatred-filled and fear-induced, you know, all of the things that they would claim the conservatives are. You've got to step back from the Hegelian dialectic and look at what has really happened Outside, because if you only watch MSNBC, you have a view of the world that is skewed the same way. If all you watch was Fox News, you got a view of the world is skewed. And so this is an important documentary that I feel like every family with their children should sit down and watch. I'm, I'm you know, I, I can't wait to talk to Mickey Willis about it. Cool. So that's my first impressions from that. Now, the first uh, story here before we get to our uh, first hour guest, Jeff uh, Pearson, talking about hydrocephalus. Is is a fascinating one, Politico. I, I think I might have found this and sent this to you, Super Don. Uh, how COVID made it nearly impossible to pass new vaccine rules, and it's a really it's a crybaby commentary that they can't get more draconian vaccine mandates or more vaccines added to the childhood schedule, even in the ultimate blue leftist liberal centralized bureaucracy. Well, you know, there's just not enough. Well, yeah. I mean, was, 78 I mean, shots, that's not enough. Heck no, we got it. I what mean, we for even 100. <laughs> one more. Come yeah. on, what's one more? So it is basically illustrative of what we've warned them. If they would have just left us alone, maybe 3 or 4% maybe would have had any hesitancy at all, much less obstinacy against any vaccines, much less all of them or even one of them. And it was because of the over uh, overreach 
of the COVID establishment, which is, of course, born out of the vaccine religion, even if these things arguably are not technically vaccines without altering the definition of what a vaccine is. And even as I would argue that the vaccine religion is a false religion to begin with that does not prevent disease, but creates disease. Even if they co- throw, trot out their stats and go, but look, the, 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 the manifestation of da, 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 the, the incidence of that. No, no, no. What you've done is you've suppressed the expression of those so-called diseases in a certain way and they come out differently. You, yeah, you now can now say, oh, well, see, we got rid of measles. And, and that's not even a good thing because healthy children need to have that exposure and development part of the process of uh, maturing of function, structure of various systems and organs of the body as well and the immune system at, at large. So uh, I would just say, look at this article and say, ha, 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 we told you so. They're crying that they cannot get more vaccine mandates. They cannot add more to the list, as I said, even in the bluest of blue pharmaceutical loving states. Now, will it last? Perhaps, because people are very, very raw in regards to what happened during our COVID two, three years. And it's not being forgotten as easily as other things. And Super Don, you know, we've talked about this. Very often something happens and it's forgotten that quickly. Yeah. I don't sense at this point anyway that it's been forgotten. I think it's too soon at this point. Yeah. Now, I hate to say it. I hate to be that guy, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be that guy because mm-hmm. I am that guy. Uh, people have short-term memory loss. They just do. You know, and they're, they're just you like, need to oh. define it today with this particular issue because yeah. here we are. We haven't forgotten not, yet. Not yet. Not All yet. I know. Not and yet. your prediction is how long will it be before we forget? Give that, it a year not. or two. And, you think that's soon? I, I do. Yeah, okay, I, so everybody mark this day for a Super Don <laughs> prediction. We'll come back and revisit it. I hope he's I wrong. I know I'm a party pooper. I know I hope it, you're wrong. But I, I base it on, on history. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, in this article, our friend Joshua Coleman is referenced uh, from V is for Vaccine. V for Vaccine. He says the most powerful thing to get the author to withdraw the mandate was school districts opposing the bill. That's what he said about the California that attempt to, you know, include HPV shots or expand shots as well. COVID shots, you name it. So it's kind of cool. Politico didn't trash our our friend outright. Just acknowledged they were fair on this. Yeah. 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 Very unusual. So uh, any other announcements before we bring our guest in? I I mean, I'm a little bit discombobulated it might be a word just coming off of this trip and and getting back into studio i'm glad to be here believe me and i want to get right back out to the garden as soon as we're done so um what's going on that i missed super don before we go to our i think that's about it like i said if you're if you're on our patreon just uh be on the lookout for some uploads that'll be coming in the next day or two or Mm -hmm. possibly even this evening if i can get to it okay um yeah other than that i think we're, we're caught up for the moment okay so this thing called an invisible condition, there's a show called invisible condition. It's twi- live twice a week on E360 TV that Jeff Pearson has uh, developed and it's born out of his experience. There it is. There's the visual on it. It's not all in your head, born out of his experience with hydrocephalus and the things he had to overcome in his life. And I think this is so important, this invisible condition story. And I haven't seen the show and I can't wait to see it. Because my wife has suffered from an invisible condition for, you know, over a decade now. And we've, we've talked about it openly on the show, the trigeminal neuralgic pain that she's had since the dental extraction. And if you look at her, unless she's in the throes of the worst of the pain, you, you can't tell anything's wrong. She holds herself well. It's invisible. 
And many people have these invisible conditions, whether you call it, for instance, fibromyalgia, where you look at a person, they, they can, if you're not a trained eye, you, they'll look like, oh, they look like a normal person. What's the problem? And there's very little empathy, sympathy, support for those folks. Oftentimes they're judged, they're derided as, you know, whatever, uh, weekly, I don't know, any number of things that can happen. And there's, there's not an acknowledgement because if you can't see like they're walking with a cane or they have a ho horrible disfiguration or skin condition or something that's visual and visible, very often people assess, oh, you're fine. What's your problem? And they can't, you can't see pain in people who have learned to hide it, for instance. That's just one example of what I think is very important. And I'll ask uh, Jeff about, you know, what he's covered so far and then I'll try and catch up. But let's welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show for the first time, Jeff Pearson. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you so much. This is an honor. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here. This is this is so cool. And Jeff, you know what's even cooler is I'm looking at your picture. I'm looking at you. I'm like, dude, did you take that yesterday? It's like the first, <laughs> my picture is like at least 10 years old that I use. I'm impressed by that. Oh, thank you. I, I'll, I'll just claim good genes. You know? <laughs> all right. It, it was 20 years ago. You have not changed at all. So there's a lot I, I want to unpack or have you unpack about your history yeah. since it's your first time here. It will lead up to the show that you're doing as well. Sure. But hydrocephalus, specifically the condition, we haven't talked a lot about this water on the brain concept, how it manifests, when it manifests, who can get it, how it happens and how to undo it. Anything like that you want to share as a starting point, that'd be great. Well, first thing I want to say is Kevin and Laban are amazing also. I saw the pictures with them and I said, hey, I just talked to that guy. I talked to him on his last night in India. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I can't wait to work with, with both of them on, on a couple things we were talking about. So that, that was so nice. fun to see their picture up there go, Hey, I know that guy, but <laughs> I know uh, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're so, they're so fun. Yes. Um, and I'm very thankful to Kevin for, for introducing us and getting this, uh, figured out. So thank you. But, uh, yeah, so hydrocephalus, it is, it is a truly an invisible condition unless it, unless you have other conditions with it, which happens. But, uh, for me, I don't have really anything else with it. I was born with hydrocephalus, uh, diagnosed at two weeks old. Uh, that was my first brain surgery was at two weeks old because that's really, that's the only thing you can do. That's, that is what hydro, hydro warriors, what we call ourselves affectionately. And that is the, that is the one thing that we can do is brain surgery to implant a shunt, uh, which requires a hole in the skull usually. And, and it goes into the brain, into the ventricle so that it can drain the, the, the cerebral spinal fluid that everybody's brain produces that we didn't have uh, enough drainage to get rid of. So, vent it normally or naturally something happens yes. in terms of a, uh, you know, defect through the process of development. And uh, yeah. we, we can, I, I can speculate on some things here. I, I don't want to go into that now unless you want to, but suffice it to say it's invisible. But of course, if that uh, fluid is not drained off, it can be deadly. Yes. It can be deadly. It can it can lead to more serious conditions that can affect your 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 brain function and your mobility and things like that. Or yeah, if it's not addressed in time, it could eventually it could eventually be fatal. Yeah, yeah. So you you have yeah you have had challenges in this lifetime, and and uh, I have had too, but I haven't had that. You know, mine were uh, chronic. You know, developmental disorders in terms of respiratory disease, liver congestion that resulted in gastrointestinal problems, numerous infections due to immune dysfunction and or the food that I was eating mm. and the antibiotics I was taking and on and on it goes. Uh, but it, there was a lot of visible in me, right? There was, you yeah. can see things on my skin, you know, there, 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 are, there are also things that are invisible in terms of doubling over in pain because of gastrointestinal distress. I mean, it, it, you sure. can see that on a person suffering so, so much, but 
Uh, I pointed out my wife's experience in terms of invisible illness as well, or ailments or injuries that you don't see. And yeah. the lack of compassion that often accompanies that because people are like, well, you look normal to me. And so <laughs> you don't, you don't think anything of it. So uh, as you move forward in, in time and produce this show, uh, I do want to talk about what you've encountered and covered as far as these various so-called invisible illnesses as well. So, yeah, thanks. I, uh, you know, growing up, I just want to touch on this real quick. Grow, you know, growing up, I, I, yes, it was invisible and, and we, we didn't really think of it as a as something that to 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 hold me back growing up, you know. So it was it was really cool. My parents, I give all the credit to my parents. They're fantastic, and they they did things like instead of you know instead of telling me no, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're sick, you're you have a disability, you have a thing. No, no, no. They just said, hey, how about instead of football, let's do band or let you know let's do choir, you know. So there's there's good ways to handle it and bad ways to handle it, no matter what the invisible condition is, and so. Yes, I had I've had this my whole life, but it's never really affected me uh, physically or or lifestyle wise until just a few years ago, which which I'm happy to get into because that's really where where Hydro with Hope and the TV show Invisible Condition was was born out of. So um, I can I can definitely go into that if you like. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, Hydro with Hope is is our company that we started to. To really, it, it, I was I was in a in a follow up appointment with my neurosurgeon in 2018 after one of my several brain surgeries over the last few several years, um, and we just my, my wife and I were there and we heard this this family in the next room just kind of breaking down and I kind of imagined maybe they were just finding out that their little child is going to have to have brain surgery for the first time, and it just broke my heart and I thought oh man all I want to do is run next door and give them a hug and tell them it's going to be okay and answer their questions mm -hmm. right so. That's where the idea came from for Hydro with Hope, which is which is out there. We're we're here to offer resources and help, and uh, and and that's and one of our resources is our journal, my Hydro Warrior story, which walks people through from that moment they find out they're going to have to have brain surgery for the first time for hydrocephalus, all mm. the way through you know all the follow ups and going home and dealing with it in everyday life now. So no, no, okay, I see this. If you yeah. scroll down, Super Don, you can show this as well. Um, uh, on the hydrowithhope.com, H-Y-D-R-O withhope.com. And yeah, there's the My Hydro Warrior story. It's a journal. And mm -hmm. I imagine it, it has, is it is this like a clinical journal or an experiential oh. journal or a combination? How would you describe what's in here? So what's in there is kind of like a, almost like a, a diary of, of events uh, at first. And it kind of has prompts. Um, that you can see if, uh, if you scroll through a few of those, but if you can see um, there's prompts to kind of guide you in conversation about, hey, yeah, like, hey, what's, uh, yeah, how has it affected me? There's a surgical record back there. There's, you know, what's kind of the, some of the stuff we did when we were in the hospital. How many surgeries have you had? You know, there's places where you can post pictures of, you know, here was my neurosurgeon, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's really just kind of information download so that when you when you get done with your surgery and you're the whirlwind that that is, you can get home and then you can continue to document your your feelings and your thoughts about it and, and mm -hmm. kind of how you've dealt with the recovery and, and every appointment you go to, you can bring it and show it to your neurosurgeon to to answer questions for him, too. So. How prevalent is this? And is this something hydrocephalus is increasing, decreasing, staying the same over the course of time since you've been around and learning about it? 
Yeah, so I'm not really sure about the increasing or decreasing, but I do know that it is just as common as Down syndrome and more common than spina bifida, um, which are two very, you know, very prevalent conditions. But it's just as common as Down syndrome, but but it's <laughs> it's one, yeah, it's what is it? One out of every 770 babies born uh, is born with hydrocephalus. So that's all, that's over 400,000 babies every year. And there's hundreds of thousands and millions of us that are dealing with it because you can get it at any time. It's not just a thing you're born with. Well, that's uh, interesting because when I think about, you know, uh, being born with something like hydrocephalus, which is kind of your experience, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, how would it manifest later in life? Is there something that triggers it uh, in terms of injury or is it something that then suddenly spontaneously they have no explanation for happens? There might be spontaneous cases. I'm not really a hundred percent sure there. I don't know a lot about it though. I don't know a lot of those that I've heard of, but uh, like spinal meningitis can, can be a culprit. Um, uh, good enough bump on the head. You know, if you're playing football, soccer, something like that, or take a fall, get in a car wreck, have some sort of brain injury. Um, really, it, you know, anytime, anytime you have a good enough bump on the head that could, could constrict the, uh, the flow or direction of that fluid, you could develop hydrocephalus. In fact, one of the craziest things that I heard uh, a few weeks ago that I had never heard before was Alzheimer's and dementia are sometimes falsely diagnosed that are that are ultimately hydrocephalus. They put a shunt mm. in to drain off that excess fluid that might be pinching a nerve mm. that's affecting maybe their eyesight or their you know different things, and 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 they they come back you know mm. they're and they're 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 normal again. I say normal in quotes because what's right. you know. But yeah, well, uh, functional again, let's just say that functional. Yeah, exactly. Functional. Uh, and so my my question about non-surgical options, if there are right, I, maybe some are just so far beyond. There's just no uh, fluid drainage and there's nothing that they've found to be able to help with. But uh, I see on your website, Hydro with Hope, they're even like massage tools specific. I'm thinking about the lymphatic system, perhaps opening up pathways uh, without surgery. So that massager is actually something that helps. Uh, we, we started uh, offering that because that was something that really helped me after one of my surgeries to, to alleviate the headaches. Really. It was, it was kind of a, it was real literally just to, like to massage the back and the back of the head and things like that gently to, to really, to uh, kind of a system reset for me really. Um, so it, I don't think it has any like, you know, uh, I'm not sure it has, I, everybody's different, you know, but for me, it really helped alleviate the, the, uh, the headaches. But as far as, um, uh, non-surgical things. There is uh, a doctor named Dr. Benjamin Worf that um, has worked with, with Cure International and stuff and gone overseas and volunteered his time and talent. And um, He's actually quoted in our book a couple times. He's an amazing person. And he has developed over his decades of practice uh, a non-surgical thing because in, you know, in, in Africa and all these different places that don't yeah. have access to the same medical care that we do here in the US, mm -hmm. they can't just run to the hospital if they have a problem, right? So a lot of these kids would would get uh, get a shunt and then something would go wrong with the shunt, which is inevitable because these devices have some of the highest failure rates of any medical device in history, which is baffling. And they're placed um, inside. The inside. Body, yeah. yeah. But yeah. beneath the skin, over yeah. the skull, there's actually a hole in the skull that's drilled into the ventricle. Amazing. But what he developed was a non-surgical, um, there's a non-surgical, I'm not sure if he developed this particular uh, 
technique, but there's a mm -hmm. technique out there called uh, endoscopic, on, endoscopic third ventriculostomy, uh -huh. ETV. I know. Took me a minute to. Took me a while to be able to say that without. Uh, now appearing on ETV. Woo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so an ETV is basically where they create a whole. Um, they create an extra ventricle, basically for the without without an apparatus like a shunt. Mm -hmm. So it it works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. There's risks that go along with that, but you know it, it is an option that it's still surgical, but it, sure. it's a it's a non shunt option for some yeah. people that it works for so sounds like an advancement uh for yeah. some and is that something you've 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 done yourself or do you still have to go back in repeatedly for more procedures so no when i so when i um i was approached by my my current neurosurgeon now who's done my last two revisions uh, mm -hmm. uh asked me about it you know at one point he said you might be a candidate for it this was back in 2018 um, but, uh, turns out I wasn't, so he, he did a, did a regular revision, but, uh, and just replaced the shunt and the tubing and that kind of stuff. But, but it, it, you know, it just depends on the person, depends on their surgical history and their, their, their life. You know, gotcha. uh, I, I think it would have been cool to, to, <laughs> to try that, but I don't want to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Right. No, so. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so how, how did you develop into producing a show about this thing called invisible illness and have you limited it only to hydrocephalus or is it expanded since you started into a whole other realm of, of uh, discovery? So Hydra with Hope is focused on hydrocephalus, but Invisible Condition, the idea of that show was never to just uh, just feature hydrocephalus. That was That's why I named it what I did because I wanted it to be more general, to be able to encompass all those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of invisible things that everyday people are walking around with all the time. And so, so we've, we've covered everything from really, really rare stuff. Like there was a, somebody on there that had uh, something that is, I can't remember the name of it, but it's affects two out of every million people in the country, you know, and, and things like that. Or, and then there's stuff like fibromyalgia and seizures and, and, and all these different things that are more common that we've talked about. And so we are, we're, we want to be a conduit for everybody and anybody organizations, people that want to get the word out about uh, how they're living and thriving with, with an invisible condition. Yeah. And we have a link to the e360tv.com and I'm just trying to see if I can, does Super Don, do you know if it goes directly to his show? It won't. Yes, no, it won't. Cause I, it seems to open in a general place. So if you go to e360 just and scroll just down, scroll, down, just scroll down, maybe like three or four things, Chief TV, which is the channel. And then it's on there. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking. I want to see. I want to see as we're <laughs> see. I see fresh takes, positive vibes, vitality TV, uh, achieve TV, achieve TV. That's the one. It's in there. Okay. Just, just start I'm looking out. through the there show. Is. On achieve TV. There there's, you go. There's invisible condition. Very yeah. cool. Thanks for walking me through it. Because I'm sure if I have that question, others are going to go. Well, I don't yes. see it. Right. I yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish there was a direct link, but there isn't. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a more info contact you can read. And then you about can it. see the different episodes there and. And yep. how many episodes do you have so far? We just launched the show in April. We've got, I want to say we've got 19. We do twice a week. So wow. I think we've got 19 or 20 episodes, 18, 19 episodes un under, our, under our belt now. Mm -hmm. So it's been awesome. We're, we're just, just starting out. So it's been fun. Dude, I, I'm totally impressed that you're covering something that I've not seen covered in this way. I think uh, you were inspired, touched by God, my, my opinion, uh, by, to be inspired to do this. I appreciate that.
Yeah. This is it was, really, it, he definitely did have something to do with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is really, really powerful. And, and it'll still help a lot of people, even though we know that some of these things affect very few people. Uh, but those specific things are mirrored in many other specific things. And that adds up to a lot of people suffering with invisible illness. Well, and for those ones that are that are more rare, like the one that I mentioned, it's two out of a million people. That's still two. Yeah. So we still, you know, they still deserve a voice, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, let's see what else I, I want to ask you about this and what, what's going on. I mean, I just want to be if I can help in any way. I'm just so impressed with what you're what you're doing here. Thank uh, you. And, and I'm grateful for it. I'm so excited to be here to get the word about about, about you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this and sharing this. And those of you yeah. checking it out for the first time, it's in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. The link uh, today, June fifth, Monday, uh, twenty twenty three. For those of you catching it live uh, or later, um, now there's an article here. Interestingly enough, uh, Super Don knows this guy. We're old enough to know this guy, Danny Bonaducci. Yeah, uh, and he was in the Partridge Family way back in the uh -huh. day in the seventies. And he was one of the kids in the family. And he's he's been in talk radio, talk media for years as well. That's why we, we've kind of known him, kept up with him, and Super Don knows about him. But there's an article here about him having to go through a brain surgery uh, look because he's losing his ability to walk. And it turns out that he also was dealing with hydrocephalus. Is this something he discovered later in life then? I, I guess, apparently. I mean, he's how, how old is he now? I don't, I'm not even sure. Is he? 50s? I think he's in his 60s, maybe. 60s? Okay. Yeah, 63 years old now. Yeah. 63. Okay. Well, 100 doctors to figure out he was dealing with hydrocephalus. Oh, my God. I saw an article about that. 100 doctors? What? That's insane. That's a lot of visits to doctors. Um, well, I'm glad they figured it out, first of all. I'm, I mean, yeah, it's better to, better to figure it out. I've never, you know, this condition affects so many people on so many in so many different ways that I'm, you know, it's always fascinating to me to hear how it, you know, how it manifests in somebody that, that gets it when they're an adult. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's crazy that it, it actually affected his ability to walk. I've never, I've actually not heard of that, but I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's getting it figured out. And I've, I've actually reached out to him a couple of places. There's four or five places I found him online and reached out uh, through email to, mm -hmm to try to get in touch with them. Cause I'd love to, you know, talk with them and, and offer them some, some info or, or one of our journals or, you know, I just, just see if I can help them in any way. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. How, how non-discriminatory this, this condition is. It'll, you, it can, it can manifest stuff anytime, anywhere in anybody. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Now I, I question about production. This is like insider information because mm -hmm. we do a, a, a obviously a video show as all, although we started in radio all these years ago sure uh, but we're pretty low tech even though it uses high-tech devices and not everything to do this yeah. but to produce a show you know a, a self-contained show on a specific topic you know and having it look right to be on kind of a tv type of format there's a lot of intricacies in terms of editing uh, lighting uh, scripting or and or whatever uh, to do to a week you say you're doing right now yeah, we're doing two a week, um, every Monday and or no, every Tuesday and every Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. We do a live show. We've recorded a couple because we've, you know, we've had to be out of town or something. And so we'll, we'll, we'll record one ahead of time and, you know, do it while we're, you know, some, somebody will launch it while we're gone. But, um, but yeah, yeah, we're, it's, it is, it was a lot of work to, to learn the, 
like you said, the production side of it in the, the, uh, this is my, this is my humble set here that, that I do the show at and, uh, and, um, in our home. And so I've got a little microphone here, camera there, some lights here and just, you know, and we've got the keyboard right here. It's very similar to, uh, to restream here. It's, uh, okay. So we do it on StreamYard. So it's it's okay. real similar as far as functionality. You, you have also, and, and this is cool to, to to learn about it as I ask you this question, not yeah. knowing what you would say. <laughs> and that all of you out there that have things to share, things to say, stories, uh, experiences, we have lost a lot because we stopped talking to one another, not just during COVID, but in a lot of years prior to that about these kinds of experiences. And not to dilute your show or my show, but I want more people doing this. I want more of this coming out because in that way, they cannot suppress the good people that have hard experiences in life from getting actual help as opposed to the fictitious help offered by those proclaimed do-gooders in politics or you know, in various uh, levels of uh, nonprofits. And many of them are scams just to make money. And so grassroots efforts like this and like your show, I think, are much more not only genuine, but I think much more efficient and effective of reaching people than all of the networks combined, even though they reach a lot of people, relatively speaking. There are a yeah. lot of shows that are reaching more than what is the old media. So good job for uh, launching. Well, thank you. Yeah, the next the next step in our in our journey with this show is we've you know we've been on the air a couple of you know since April, so uh, oh, yeah, a couple of months. Good lord, <laughs> I can't believe it's. I know it's been a, a very short time, but it feels like it's it's flown back like that. Um, but you know, the, the way, just like you keep your show on the air is, is, is like-minded people that want to, that want to help and sponsor and advertise on the show. So, so I've, I think I've got a link on there for that to our, our landing page has an opportunity for anybody that wants to, to join forces with us and, and keep nice. us getting the word out. So nice. It's hey, pretty awesome. We had some uh, viewers on rumble and I can't, um, I see their comments and questions, and I think there may be some comments or questions coming over from Rumble. Okay, here we go. Uh, you grab four. As a child, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. Then after having MRIs, uh, having Chiari, uh, one malformation with hydrocephalus. I know it has contributed to so very much of my personal health challenges. Uh, I think there's more to it than that. It said I'm, and then yeah. it cut off. Um, but it's another one of those cases where you can see severe cases of scoliosis. Uh, if they're bad enough, uh, yeah. a lot of times if they're mild, you really wouldn't notice unless you have a trained eye, but to say, to find that it was linked to hydrocephalus, that's interesting. Well, and Chiari, malform more, Chiari malformation is also, a, it's, we had somebody on the show talking about uh, their daughter that, that was diagnosed with that. And it, that is a fascinating thing because that, that requires brain surgery as well. Mm -hmm. And that's at the, at the base of the spine or at the base of the skull back here at the top yeah. of the spine where they do surgery and actually cut away a piece of the skull and put a piece of netting there to, wow. to catch the, it's, it's the craziest thing. If you want to learn more about it, look it up and just yeah. check it out. It, it is the craziest sounding thing. And it's very invisible as well. Um, maybe severe cases, you could see something, you know, yeah. visibly, but yeah, it's uh it doesn't make it any less real, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing. I wonder, you know, when I think about connective tissue issues, malformation yeah. issues, I look at metabolic dysfunction and I look at mineral deficiencies in particular contributing to these things. Even, you know, I've talked about uh, the, the overuse of zinc in the absence of copper. 
Copper mm. manages zinc's ability to help regenerate tissue. It's part of the growth factor, zinc. But we have to realize it doesn't work in a vacuum and it must have ever-present other cofactors and minerals like uh, copper. So how many of these connective tissue disorders, even in developmental years like uh, growing in utero, also requires copper? Uh, and if there's not enough, could be contributing to this. That's not something that raises a lot of money for um, investigation because it doesn't lead to drug therapies or other things. But I just bring that up in terms of what we're seeing here. Connective tissue issues, silica, the trace mineral silica, silicon. We use the Alta Health product silica. We get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. And of course, the sovereign copper. Uh, for those of you who realize, many people used to eat liver in our past and many people don't anymore. And that was a rich source of copper and other minerals. So just to consider that we can bring these minerals back in and see if there's a possibility for course correction, even during adult years, I would want to consider that as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I And there's so many things that you can now, I mean, in the 70s, <laughs> you mm. know, when I was born in 1977, it was a little, it was a little less known about, you know, all that kind of stuff, but, or maybe it was known and it just wasn't talked about as much, but but now, I mean, yeah, there's there's really no excuse for for not knowing about this stuff if you really want to look into it, you know, and, and yeah. having the access to all the different information and the different supplements and minerals and things that can can help. Because, yeah, I, there are so many people that I know that have hydrocephalus now that that you wouldn't even know it. I mean, you know, because because of the advancements and things mm -hmm. they're being able to take and therapies they're able to do. I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. So, well, and, and Jeff, I saw a picture uh, at your Hydro for Hope website. It looks like I don't know if this is a, a recent shot because this one has you without a beard and no glasses, <laughs> but with uh, three kids and your wife. Is this yeah. taking a while back? How long ago was that? <laughs> that was about three years ago. It was about three or two, two and a half years ago. My my oldest. Uh, so I've got uh, so there's me and my wife Catherine and Elizabeth is on the is the oldest. And Nick is my son, and then Kasha is in the middle there. Okay. Um, and now, right now, there, my kids. Elizabeth is nineteen; she'll be twenty in a couple months. Nick just oh turned sixteen. Yeah. Getting his license in August, and then uh, Kasha is fourteen. Just wow. Exiting middle school here, going to high school next year. So, so how, what, yeah. what did they know growing up, having a dad like you, that most of their peers don't know? Right. She, I mean, I mean, I, I find it fascinating, again, raising two kids of my own with my wife to yeah. see the world completely different because of our background in, in natural, you know, natural medicine and homeopathy and organics. And sure. stuff. Um, did they have any of those challenges on top of just being kids, you know, to be different from others? Well, you know, we because because this condition was was really invisible to everybody, including my family, um, uh until until uh, uh, 2000, let's see, summer of 2013 is when it got really interesting, and that's when the surgery started stacking up, and that's what where it really started to affect, uh, you know, my my health and my my ability to do some of the same things that I've done for years. But um, but really, um, our oldest, in fact, we did a show with my wife uh, and my oldest Elizabeth uh, this uh, last week sometime, and just about that about because she's the one that's old enough to remember, you know, the ambulance rides and the, and the mm -hmm. hospital stays and all the crazy that was happening in 2013, 14, um, when all this kind of started. And so, 
so it, it that was an amazing show uh, that people should go back and look at it because it was it was really cool to to hear her perspective. I've heard it, but it was fun for her to be able to tell the world, you know. Excellent. So yeah, it's been great. I mean, there and they're so not. I mean, as over the years, you know, especially in the last few years, I've had I've had four brain surgeries in the last eight years and since 2014, yeah. and and three other emergency surgeries that uh, that were related. So that's you know, seven emergency, six emergency surgeries and one that wasn't oh uh, since 2013. Uh, and that was from age zero to 36. I didn't really have that many. So oh. <laughs> it's been, it's been crazy, but the kids have been amazing. Um, my wife, um, which has known me for forever. I mean, we met in seventh grade band class, so she's seen me through a lot of stuff. Wow. I know, I know. Right. So um, we knew each other for 10 years before we got married in 1999. So uh, it was fantastic. Does still play an instrument from band? Uh, well, I played clarinet and bass clarinet, but so that's not really a, an instrument that's in demand right now. So, it's a, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I'll tell you, hydrocephalus did not, uh, speaking of, <clears throat> of, of this time frame here, I mean, all the way through, through high school and after high school. So I had a brain surgery right after high school at 18 years old. And then I, and then I jumped on a, you know, jumped on tour for a year uh, with a group called up with people. I don't know if you yeah, ever I remember people, that. Yeah. I, I traveled, I'm, I'm still a singer. I've been a singer since I was in high school and I, I traveled the world with up with people singing for hours a day, traveled all over the U S all over Europe. It was awesome. Made my parent terrified. My parents, I think sure. I'm six months out of brain surgery and I'm going over to Europe, you know, <laughs> but, wow. But uh, but this is the this is the cool thing though. This is what I want to get out is is there you can thrive. You can absolutely have an amazing, crazy full life even with an invisible condition. You know, it's it's not the end of the world if you're being diagnosed with something now as an adult or you know as a kid or whatever. It's it's not going to ruin you. I promise. You know, it's pretty pretty crazy. Well, I, look, I'm going to check out your show, and I appreciate what you're doing, Jeff. I'm glad that uh, Laban and Kevin are connected to you as well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I can help in any way, just let me know. I was thinking you might need to, not that I'm a volunteer my wife, but to feature her with her invisible illness that she's had for years and what it's like to have that. that. And, and people don't know, you know, they don't know. What is it like for the person that experiences it? Uh, but yeah, we yeah let's, much. I would love to, I would love to talk to her about having her on the show. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. She's probably stomping on the ceiling going, no, no. <laughs> anyway, I'll just throw it out there, Jeff. We could connect off the air as well. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so I'll check that. it out. Links are up in the show notes, including the hydro with hope and his show as well. Uh, invisible condition. It's not all in your head. Thank you, Jeff Pearson. God bless you for what you're doing. Really, really appreciate that. Um, uh, again, I, I have a special interest in it because I've lived with it, um, you know, for what my wife has gone through, the invisible ailment of the pain that uh, she hides so well. And, and I'm not saying that she's as bad off as she was over 10 years ago, and she would not say that either. Uh, but uh, wow, what a, what a journey. So again, thank you, Jeff, for being on board today. You can hang out as long as you like or join us anytime. Um, Super Don, I know we got uh, uh, another story here. Uh, before the top of the hour, and then we're joined uh, by our friends at uh, Brideon.tv. That's coming up. Also, I, you know, part of me is torn today as well as far as what I want to do. I think um, Bobby Kennedy is being in, interviewed by Elon Musk on Twitter, like a Twitter thing. And uh, I, I'm 
like I said, everything that Bobby Kennedy's doing is pretty, I'm very impressed with his perspectives on it. I'm not surprised, I guess, other than, you know, what you think of a modern day Democrat is and you look at Bobby Kennedy and go, he doesn't, it's nothing well, like. I, I told, I told you before that, yeah. the, you know, I, I've always been a conservative leaning, mm-hmm. uh, libertarian kind of a guy. Yes. The prospect of voting for a Democrat has never been something on the table for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, until now. I mean, I could, I, I don't agree with everything that he talks about all of his views, but you know, who do you, who do you find that you you agree with a hundred percent or everything? No, I mean, if you, if you want somebody to agree with a hundred percent, you're going to have to run yourself and vote for yourself. I, I, you know, I, he's a different kind of a Democrat. He really is. And that's why, that's why you see people saying, well, you know, I'm a Kennedy Democrat Mm -hmm. because it's, 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 it defines something that's quite different than what we're doesn't used fit to, the mold right? that people think right. of today when they yeah. think of Democrat, right? So I, I'm looking forward to getting Bobby Kennedy back on the show. And I've got questions for him too. But uh, as I said, I've been very, very impressed with his perspective and take on things. He has seen it, witnessed it, certainly within his family, more than most people would experience ever. And uh, in his lifetime, what he's seen and experienced and how he's not cowered in fear from un- inconvenient truths as we do an algorithm including issues of the environment, which he recognizes have been captured by industry and agencies and uh, NGOs that are not actually concerned about environmental issues, but in controlling people, enslaving people. So he sees through that as well, uh, which is, you know, a concern uh, for anybody that claims to be an environmentalist today. What does that really mean? Uh, so let's see. Uh, Je- yeah, Jeff, if you're in the chat room, you can't, because we've got people asking questions in the chat room. Join us at robertscatbell.com slash listen. I think some people are commenting. A lot of people are commenting right now on Facebook at the Robert Scott Bell Show on Facebook, where we're airing uh, live as well. And you can chime in there. Yeah, this is Leslie. She says one of her childhood best friends had a daughter 11 years ago, born with the same condition. And it's been an amazing journey to watch. So again, Two in what a thousand, but yet we already have someone in the audience, Leslie, who knows somebody with this hydrocephalus condition. Uh, so, uh, yeah, please continue chatting either at our website. Chat well, let's let's or, do this because Jeff is yeah. hanging out here in the, in, yeah. in the green oh, there room are, here. Jeff. So, hey, Jeff. Re- real real quick, Jeff, if people have yeah. questions or they want to get a hold of you or talk to you, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Best way to reach out to me is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Hydro with Hope page on Facebook. They can they can okay. contact me through there, or you can just, you know, email me at Jeff at Hydro with Help. Hi, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff at com. Yeah, would okay. be the best uh, way to to get in touch with me directly. So, okay. yeah. excellent, definitely. Thank Thanks you again, right. Jeff. Appreciate Thanks, it. Yeah, no, that's just just amazing. Good people doing great things, and I'm thrilled that we can bring that to you. I'm absolutely thrilled. And I'm sure I think this was a Kevin and Laban connection clearly today. You know, Laban, it seems like Laban knows everybody. He does. He knows a lot of people. I I know everybody. I think he knows everybody. How many people have we had on this show as a result of of, uh, Laban Ditchburn, right? Yeah. No, it's been fun. And we're still having fun, y'all. Absolutely. We've got a lot more fun to have. No, I was mentioning the Bobby Kennedy interview and our buddy Michael Bolden from 10th Amendment Center is going to listen to it after the show. I, I want to as well. Uh, I hope I know how to find it after the fact. But he says today is the anniversary of his father, Robert F. Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, being shot. Uh-huh. Um, and he's been by that hotel many times over the years, uh, Michael says. So let's see. Um, what else we have? 
on tap today. I oh, think we well, here's, here's a, a holdover from Friday. Okay. I, I, I like this article uh, mm-hmm. talking about how <laughs> I, I try not to be sarcastic here, but I, it's hard not to be. Yeah. Even at safe levels, glyphosate disrupts yeah. immune function, new studies suggest. So they did a study and they found out that uh, even if you are exposed to glyphosate at what is considered, I'm assuming by the EPA, Mm-hmm. as a safe level of glyphosate that it turns out it's not as safe as they say it is. Yeah. Isn't this something I might have mentioned once or twice? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> even, <laughs> even before glyphosate, when I would talk about the exposure to dangerous pesticides, herbicides, <laughs> fungicides, for instance, at parts per million, how it will devastate when it encounters a healthy cell, a healthy enzyme, so to speak, and or an endocrine um, compound like a hormone. These things are horribly disruptive, even at very, quote unquote, safe levels. Nice. And so this study is, is fascinating. University of, of Iowa found the, the levels approximating the U.S. acceptable daily intake. Uh, it altered gut microbiome comp- composition and induced a pro-inflammatory environment. This is, this is also why I highly recommend, if you haven't done this yet, you go to nutritionalfrontiers.com, set up an account for free. And get a bunch of those little boxes of the lozenges that are NRDMG, dimethylglycine, to counteract the inadvertent exposure that even as an organic guy like me, I can't fully prevent exposure to these things that are everywhere. And so I'm counteracting it, especially if I'm suspicious about exposure, but you could safely take it every day. There's other immune benefits to doing the NRDMG. And if you're at home, they have a liquid version of it too because I travel a lot and it's easier just to have the lozenges with me. And so uh, go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. I don't know, Super Don, I don't think it's on sale this month, but you can use the code RSB15 to get 15% off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they have a different stuff on sale. Oh, yeah. Show me what's up this month because we're uh, in June already. Let's see, real quick here, we get here. We're about to be joined by Patreon Brideon. here. Brideon. Bright. I'm sorry, Brideon. Patreon, Brideon, whatever. Okay, so 15% off on the month of June. Frontier Multi, Women's Complete, Men's Complete, Pro Reds, Cherry Chews, Immunomax, Liquid Omega, and a Vanilla Super Shake. Yep. And they have our shake of the month there. So you'll get an additional 15% off of the sale items as well with the code RSB15. You're allowed to double dip. Thanks to Jamie Dorley, who should be on tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, we uh, crank up our Nutritional Frontiers Month here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. But yeah, this is to me to counteract the, the, the glyphosate, the roundup, all of that. And there's another thing we have. I think a banner for contact organics, which has a formula that is non-toxic to the environment. But if you mix it up safely and use it properly as we did, it is devastating to the weeds you don't want without creating lasting residue to poison yourself, your, your pets or, you know, food you're growing in the area. Uh, so uh, check that out as well. Yep, there's a banner over on the right hand side. It's live clean. L I V K L E E N. And right? if you use the, yeah. uh, the promo code RSB at checkout, they yeah. will send you a free brass nozzle. Brass nozzle that is critical for it to work when you're spraying it. Yep. Uh, so take advantage of that. In addition to reducing your exposure, as I said, counteract it with uh, the, um, the NRDMG, uh, dimethylglycine DMG. And it's for more than that. But I, again, I like to focus something simple for you guys to tap into and go, oh, I can do that. I can add that into the mix. No problem. And uh, carry on from there. Now, we've got our friends at uh, brighteon.tv to join uh, our simulcast for hour two. Uh, we also have a, a second hour guest that uh, I, I, man, I just feel like I know him and I've interviewed him before on this show, but I, I, my wife, I didn't ask my wife to check the database, 
But Kevin Barry is scheduled to join us uh, in hour two, and he's a great guy. Uh, we'll we'll ask him that question directly, and it's my ignorance of my own show, having done many thousands and thousands of shows, and having had, I think between seventeen hundred and eighteen hundred guests, and that that only counts each guest once, even if they've been on multiple times. So thousands of interviews too. Uh, you got to give me some, cut me some slack on my memory about if I've uh, definitively had somebody on the show and, and if so, when there are people like Steven in the, uh, uh, audience that might know better than me about my own show. And I appreciate that. Uh, that's very, very helpful. So stand by, we got our two coming up. Thanks again to Jeff Pearson. Here we go. All right. Welcome to everybody joining us on brighteon.tv. It's the Robert Scott Bell show, cranking it up for health, freedom and healing liberty, a simulcast of our second hour on Mondays. And you can catch us two hours a day, five days a week, plus an additional hour of conversations on Sunday at robertscottbell.com. And uh, you can also find us uh, uh, in play a few places that we aren't banned. Uh, but just come on over to robertscottbell.com. Sign up for the uh, newsletter by texting my initials RSB to the number 22828. Text RSB to 22828. And uh, you'll be plugged into all of the things that we are engaged in, including bringing that power to heal back where it belongs with various different products and services that we'll utilize here and also upcoming events. There's an extraordinary array of them and I'll let you know about them uh, when we come back from this opening bed here uh, to start the show. Uh, this hour, uh, Kevin Barry joins us on the Robert Scott Bell show. We'll talk about, uh, well, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. I can't, I, I just got back from a trip. I don't even have all the details. So the power to heal is yours. <laughs> All right, so much to do, and I'm just uh, getting back from the We the Patriots USA uh, dot, dot org. You get there, uh, amazing event in Boise, Idaho this weekend. Hats off to Brian Festa and uh, uh, the team. Uh, Taryn Gregson, by the way, terrific MC. Knew she would be. She's a delight, uh, bright light, and uh, had a lot of great uh, presentations there. Very empowering, and just grateful for all the folks that I met, including uh, the good guys there. Uh, again, thanks to Jeff Pearson. Last hour, we talked about hydrocephalus and uh, a new uh, series on invisible illness, those that suffer invisibly, and he's doing good work there. This hour, uh, we have uh, Kevin Barry joining us, and we'll tackle some some tough issues regarding freedom. I say tough issues because there's been so much abandonment of freedom and gaining it back or regaining the ground of liberty. Uh, it doesn't happen at the snap of a finger all at once. It's little bit by little bit, whether it be through court cases, whether it be in the body politic, through voting, whether it be um, nullifying that which is unconstitutional and does not apply to you at the state level and the personal level. All of these things are things that we'll cover and acknowledge as a part of the ways to get there. And it's not one way that's the only way. But I will say the one way that it starts with is with you saying, no, uh -uh, not going to participate anymore. Uh, in this nonsense that is uh, driving a deep wedge between people who would, in reality, left to their own, you know, doings and beings, find a way to get along because it's in their best interest. And uh, so much of the artificial divide, left, right, whatever it is, is is quite honestly it's, it, and accurately, it's programmed from others, by others. And we are vulnerable due to any emotional state or, or uh, ailments and illnesses and weaknesses. Uh, to the powers of suggestion of those that really know the techniques 
to manipulate us and our minds and our beliefs and our, our behaviors. And so I, I do endorse the uh, documentary film that just broke open over the weekend from Mickey Willis. I watched it yesterday as I was waiting for the plane and uh, it's uh, the great awakening. And it starts just to give you a, a sense of G Edward Griffin plays a role from 50, 60 years ago, what he was speaking about and eventually transfers uh, transits back around in a current time frame, And it's very powerful as a narrative tool. And I liked it. I think it's, I think it's worth watching for everybody. And especially with your kids sit down as a family and watch this thing. It's not that long, but uh, take the time to do it. So uh, let's see what do we got in the opening part of the hour two here on the Robert Scott Bell show. We just covered a glyphosate story. Uh, I think there was a story about let me see here, Super Don. I'm just going back to my notes here before we get Kevin on. When children kill ADHD meds, this is this is a um, this is one of those sad, stunning stories that I can't believe we still have to cover after all these years because we've been pointing it out. It's not been a mystery here, and this is on the Daily Mail. But the headline reads, and Super Don has it up in the sh- uh, in the show notes, and you can see it visually if you're watching the show. When children kill Doctors warn ADHD medication and developing brains of children can create perfect storm for psychotic episodes as the nation is rocked by a murder of a nine-year-old boy by his 12-year-old sister. She, I just don't have words. A psychotic episode where she claimed, you know, I don't even know what I was doing and this happened and, and, and how, how tearful that would be in, in, in a life. Um, for any family to lose a loved one, to lose a child, but lose it of, you know, a sibling doing this. But if we go back to the entire history and, you know, I've been on this, doing this show since 1999 and we go back, when was, um, the Colorado shooting, the famous one, you know, that, that started a lot for a lot of people, the consciousness of school shootings. And that was in Colorado, Columbine. Remember that? And you had, uh, the movie, Bowling for Columbine, and um, what's the what's the, the the documentary filmmaker that did that? He did also Fahrenheit nine eleven. Um, Super Don, help me out in, in remembering names of people I should know. It's our favorite Michael Moore. Michael Moore, right? Yes. And he he was made aware very directly and clearly about the pharmaceutical connection, the psychiatric drug connection to these school shootings when he was making that film, and certainly after it, and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's been strangely silent on that as an issue, and he knows it is an issue. Yeah, well, his main focus is is guns, disarming people. Yeah, it's, and so, so here you have a murder by a knife, but the real the reality is the knife didn't do the killing. It's the the girl that did this, and why? And they bring up in this article, which is shocking, that there are uh, roles that psychiatric drugs play in development of children's brains. They, it was it was uh, found out that the girl had just come off of an unnamed ADHD medication, mm-hmm. and you know those these these drugs like many others they it's not something that you can just quit, quit cold turkey, right? It's something that the body becomes dependent on, and when suddenly that is missing in the equation, everything else gets thrown out of out of whack. Yeah, and it can cause some serious issues, including situations like this. Well, that's the titrating up and down of any psychiatric drug. And by the way, not that it's new for you, but there is no blood test. There is no saliva test. There is no urine test. There is no 
uh, hair analysis test. There's no test whatsoever that's objective in determining that somebody has ADHD, that somebody has uh, bipolar disorder, I mean, on and on and on. These psychiatric uh, diagnoses are not objective. They are behavioral. And to put them on drugs as if they are deficient in these mind-altering drugs, brain altering drugs, brain chemistry altering, even though they have no identification, valid identification that there's an, there's something untoward about their brain chemistry. There's no consideration or discussion, Super Don, of heavy metals exposures via vaccination and or other environmental exposures, dental or otherwise, or through water, food, and air. There's no discussion of nutrient deficiencies like chromium, without which we can't manage the energy in the body, the sugar levels in the, in the blood, et cetera, and that we could suffer from hypoglycemia that can result in starving of the higher functions and the activation of more of a reptilian brain that doesn't know right and wrong suddenly. That's why they say, little Johnny, I don't understand what happened. He knew right and wrong. He, was, he went to church all the time. He never was in trouble. And then suddenly kills somebody. The alteration of, of brain chemistry or other neurological uh, uh, realities by a destruction of the gut is another aspect not considered in all of these things in the psychiatric field where they go, here, get little Johnny, little Susie on a medication, and then the parents figure out that it's not helping and they take them off too quickly, then a disaster like this can ensue. And even monitoring it and going slowly, there can be problems. So I cannot exaggerate anything about how outrageous this psychiatric field is and any medical doctor that prescribes these drugs, how much they are guilty of murder, you know, I'd say indirectly, but directly. The lineage, the pathways go down there because they don't consider any of these other things we talk about in the holistic health and medicine field. Neurological uh, detriments due to deficiency and or toxicological burdens. Yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's a, it's a, a touchy uh, conversation sometimes. Yeah, and yeah, you know what I'm talking about when you've gotten into discussions with people there, you know that that take some of these these medications, mm-hmm. and they say it helped me. Yeah, and I don't I don't discount that. No, we don't dispute their anecdotal um, claim. It's just yeah. that the, the when but, I ask them, yeah. Have you tried this? Have you tried this? No, no, no. I tried everything. Nothing worked. Sure. Oh, you tried this. No, I didn't try that. And you know what? That. If you're an adult and you want to uh, just eat whatever, yeah. you, know, you want to eat Tide Pods. I mean, it's not like anybody's going to say, no, you, you know, you can't. You can do whatever yeah, you want. These kids are just. And sometimes people, whatever. If it works for them, it works for them. And that's all. all, all so it's great. But, but in, how about in, in the child situation? Yeah. Now we're talking about something different because mm-hmm. these kids, especially when they're young kids like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, mom and dad take him to the doctor. The doctor says, yep, uh, this is what's going on. And, and they, they, do. it's not a choice for the mm-hmm. kid. It's something they're told to do. Yeah. Uh, and when you have these situations, whether it's a school shooting or a suicide or, or, or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, they just discount the medication thing altogether. They just don't. Or, or if a parent brings it up in the medical, uh, you know, assessment, Hey doc, what about what I'm feeding my kid? I'm a little concerned, you know, no, don't pay attention. I mean, I know there are exceptions to the rule, but by and large, flex the report medical school curricula misdirects people away from true cause and directs them into false cause and then false remedy. And that is, you know, they have a, a, a you know, SSRI drug deficiency. It's very much like the, the vaccine conversation, mm-hmm. anything but 
the the, the vaccine, right? We yeah. talked about that. We no, we 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 don't know what it is, but we know it's not that. Yeah, it's, and, it's not even part of the 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 conversation. Well, and in terms of violence, in terms of violence to uh, uh, you know that's manifesting through children, whether it be drug induced or not, I think about the vaccine paradigm as well. It's a violent act against an innocent baby from the word go, almost with Hep B. But throughout their childhood, you're taking your kids in, and they're violently being they're being assaulted by a needle that bypasses a million layers of their immune system who inject them with toxic poisons and adjuvants, maybe heavy metals as well, foreign RNA, DNA, et cetera, from animals and boarded fuel cells. This is a violent act and it's not too far afield to realize that they're learning that the world is a violent place. And in order to fight back, they got to fight back to protect themselves. Now I know in defense of life, liberty, and property, you know, we've aired, uh, you know, firearms training stuff that I do and things like that. It isn't my design or intent to take life. It's to defend life by having the ability to defend myself, my family, or others that, that don't know how to defend themselves. But the idea of injecting innocent people like this, it leads to violence, I believe. And I, you know, Harris Coulter wrote about this in some of these books, like A Shot in the Dark uh, as well, that kind of history that's not uh, uh, so known anymore. And that's why going back and watching the documentary that uh, Mickey Willis just pulled out, The Third Pandemic in the series, uh, great awakening, I think, is so very important because it'll show you how collectivism is the great danger and evil as it's manifesting through various different isms. And if we can get beyond the Hegelian dialectic play on these words and recognize what's happening, we might come together again and go, uh-uh, no more, not not anymore. And we're not going to you know, assault our children, our innocent children, with these, these violent injections as well, much less violent drugging, uh, if you will. So there's a lot to consider. Now, uh, Bobby Kennedy as well, RFK Jr., when asked about the the gun issue, and I haven't seen all of his interviews on his perspective on the Second Amendment, but he is aware of the pharmaceutical psychiatric drug connection to the shootings. He can't be manipulated to go, oh, it's guns. You know, so there's another guy who's, once again, the same guy is willing to step up, stand up, and speak out on things that are verboten, forbidden. For any candidate to discuss he's discussing them kudos to him so with that uh i want to bring in our guest uh this hour unless super i apologize i know i interrupted you but that's my no, show that's what no. i do it is your show <laughs> feel free but if you feel like i got to get this off my chest it's okay uh, no, it's all good you're good okay uh so let's um bring in our guest kevin barry uh kevin i got to ask you first and foremost because i know We've met over the years at many conferences. I'm just like, I feel like you've been on this show before and I can't figure out when or where or if I'm even right. Thank you for having me on again. Uh, I think you did have me on, but it was uh, would have been very brief and probably 15 years ago like okay. at an Autism One conference. That's, but know? that's okay. All right. So yeah, that, in Chicago. Cool. All right. Yeah. So thank and you for... That memory is indelible. I just couldn't <laughs> place it exactly. And so, yes, so this will be a, likely your second appearance and hopefully a longer appearance. Yeah, I think, you were radio, I think you were radio only then also. It would have been like 2006, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Back yeah. in the radio days, that was yeah, within yeah. the first six, seven years we were on the yeah. air. Yeah. Uh, we did that. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, it's good to see you and it's good to know you're still doing incredible work. And we have uh, links in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, June 5th edition. So you want to learn about what Kevin's up to. Uh, and uh, he's an attorney and founder and president of Liberty Now. And uh, I can't even begin to go through all that you've done over the years since we first had you on. I don't even know how you want to catch us up to get where we are today. 
Yeah, well, I think we can, we can get there naturally, you know, while, during while, while chatting. But like way back then, it would have been uh, Generation Rescue would, would have been what we were talking about. J.B. Hanley's original organization. Again, showing my gray beard. That was like pre-Jenny McCarthy, Jenny Rescue, Generation Rescue. You know, that was, mm -hmm. but that's when I first came across Bobby Kennedy because uh, we were running some national ads, you know, about uh, the connection between over vaccination and, and autism diagnoses. And, and Bobby was generously providing uh, quotes for those ads in the follow up to his um, Rolling Stone article, which, which, you know, I think it was 2005, which first got him on this path. Right. And, and remember, it was the, uh, the moms that, that were introducing him to the mercury concept, which he was very well versed in, in terms of environmental mercury. And yeah. they said, Hey, what about our kids and what they're being injected with? And at that point, as far as I know, Bobby didn't really know about this issue other than what he had heard about vaccines and wasn't his wheelhouse, so to speak, but no, right, to his yeah. credit, he didn't run and hide. He paid attention, began to research it and, and didn't hide from what he found, even though it would be detrimental to his connections to everything he has connections to as a Kennedy. Yeah. And like, uh, like most of the longtime advocates in this uh, community, including yourself, you know, there's, there's just a very strong sense of justice and injustice and, and picking on the most vulnerable and like damaging children and, and be and a willingness to injure more children to disguise that you've injured prior children is just a disgusting thing. And that has been the vaccine industry's uh, business model. And they've been getting away with it for, you know, since they tripled the uh, vaccine schedule and all these uh, new maladies came along. And this fits into your, your previous comments on, on ADHD. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, the form of business model is is if if perhaps if over vaccinating is causing this new malady, it's not it's never let's roll back. Let's roll back our, on on the products we already have on market. It's oh, great. We have this new market to sell into. Let's make another right. multi-billion dollar drug category. And that's that's ongoing. And uh, um, I think and I hope and I pray that that some of the polish has come off of the magic word vaccine. It was always like uh, an extraordinarily magical word. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that because I believe like it was like one of the few things I wasn't skeptical about, you know, mm -hmm. when I, when I had my children and that's what, you know, my, I have three sons. Uh, my middle son regressed into autism between his first and second birthday. And uh, like he, he hosted his first birthday, he was verbal. And, and by the time he was two, he couldn't talk at all. And uh, now he's 25. Wow. And, um, and, and that's when part of what has always motivated my, my advocacy is a very simple uh, concept that uh, uh, we, we have a third child. And so if we would be irresponsible parents, if we did the same thing to his younger brother, that caused a lifetime of difficulty for my middle son. So it, it's, it should be obvious that, that parents know their children better than any doctor and better than any bureaucrat at any level, local, state, federal, WHO, mm -hmm. and individuals know themselves better in the same way. And it should always be that case. And that is the international human rights standard for informed consent, which is constantly ignored, constantly. So your third child, uh, did he not get any uh, so-called childhood vaccinations? 
yes, yes. Until yeah. and yeah, but he's he's twenty now, so he's on his own. We, well, he's an adult we, now. He yeah, can't control anymore. anymore. Yeah, right, right. But to, to see that that was part of the the Vax two that kind of sequel where yeah. it was like following on the parents that had a one or two children that were injured, they realized what it was, and they had a further they had more children, and the radical stark difference in their health. Uh, those that the children that followed that weren't in, injected in any way. Um, and you know, my children were not, and they were healthier than my wife and I were, uh, having grown up with vaccines far fewer for me because of my yeah. age. And my, my wife had far more because she was, you know, civilian military and they hammered her, uh, through childhood more than most ahead of that schedule because of the, the military requirements. Uh, so we are seeing, a, a, a like right in our face now about the obviousness of, of the health outcomes of children who are or were jabbed and those who are not. And now with the push for COVID shots in the last two and a half, three years, um, right front and center from maybe one, two or 3% of us ever asking a question about one, much less all of them. We have a majority of people that are asking questions about one, if not all of them now. I mean, it flipped like to be called an anti-vaxxer doesn't carry the same way, even as they're trying to discredit Bobby Kennedy because of his views that, that he would say, I'm not anti-vaxxer and explain why. But regardless of that, it's not working the same way. They used to just discredit you automatically with that term. Right. And one of the, um, yeah, I don't think that's going to fly too much anymore. Um, uh, one of the slides at a recent conference I saw of, of Dr. McCullough's uh, slides, I think it's something like 87% of people did not get the fourth booster. You know, um, so, you know, it, it's... Uh, uh, that would, I think it's safe to say that that's 87, that anti-vaxxers are now 87% of the population. You know, that, that, that if, when you, when you have the option not to get it and keep your job and travel, and there's no pressure put on you to do it, mm -hmm. the people have learned that, you know, they've, they took the vaccine, it didn't stop spread. It did, they, they might've had side effects. They might know people who died or had severe injuries. And then the, it, and it didn't stop them from getting sick. So they got off the merry-go-round. And that's what I used to say to my friends who are, who are still pro-vax and some, some family members who are pro-vax. It's like, you've got to preserve the right to opt out. Uh, if you think you might not want the 47th booster, you got to stop me. you got to right. allow me to not get the second one or the first one. Right. Because by the time you get that far down the road, it's too late. Well, and, Kevin, uh, uh, we, you know, with the mandate scenario, even though it was an emergency use authorization, it should never have been mandated, nor should anybody have fallen prey to the the, the ruse that it was. Um, the idea of, of mandates repulsive to anybody who loves freedom, but those of us, let's say us, I'm just in a general generic sense, were so afraid that we were like, oh, but but we got to give up freedom now because it's the only way we'll live. And it's like, it's a false, you know, uh, equation that they're throwing out at us to get us to abandon liberty. It's always fear that we'll do it. And that moving forward, the only way I believe and perceive they can proceed and perceive that they could succeed is if they engage in digital IDs tied to central bank digital currencies to shut down and lock down your ability to go anywhere, to buy anything. And, and, and other than that, there's no way there will be rebellion. And even then there might be if they continue to push this. That's right. And, and, and that's why I got to turn up the volume on, on my advocacy. Like, like a, a lot of times, especially when you're in court, you got to be careful. You're going to be a little restrained because you can't litigate. The judges don't like when cases are discussed in too much detail while they're pending. Right. But uh, we are, we're at an absolute crossroads. Uh, and then I think the next presidential election is, is like a very make or break for uh, what, what happens with digital IDs, what happens with privacy rights, what happens with digital currencies. 
um, you know, that, that, and uh, we're on the wrong path right now with uh, with Biden. And, uh, you know, and I, I, hopefully we can talk politics a little bit later. You know, uh, sure. I want to talk to I want to make sure I talk about the Canadian case because we could get, uh, you know, we could spend the whole half hour doing, uh, doing right, this. And I, right. Personally, I think I, I think Trump and Biden are both uh, bad answers, um, you know, that that the lockdowns and the mandates, you know, started under Trump, you know, whatever you think of Trump, that's just a fact. And, and Biden, Biden kept him going. So they, they got, they both got, Trump, I think probably got bamboozled by the public health people, whereas Biden just, you know, completely went oh, he's all in. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the, the things that we might like about Trump, many of the people who like Trump or supported him for the good things that we perceive that he did are, are having serious problems with him not coming out and acknowledging the, the 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 warp speed and the jab that resulted the injection that resulted is a disaster uh and the yeah, further yeah. thing from from his seeming ability to acknowledge because he thought it would be his legacy and it turns out it's not a good legacy right no i agree with that i agree well, with that. Take a break. so hold on yeah. sorry kevin stand by yeah. we'll be right back our friends at uh, brightion.tv taking a break right now Apologize for that. I lost track of time. I'm so fascinated, Kevin, when you started getting into that next round, we can talk behind the scenes here. Um, Brideon will be back and we'll, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, but I appreciate your willingness to dive into those subject matters as well, because we've got a plurality of beliefs out there politically as well in this audience. And yeah. I don't mind hitting them head on. Uh, you know, we're gonna, yeah. there's always well, going to be somebody that's upset. I'm not too concerned. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to quote this one, but I, I, it's, a, it's a funny quote I saw from Trump. This is before he ran in 20, or while he was running in 2016. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, do you, like, do you ever admit to mistakes? He said he, he would admit to mistakes if he, if he ever made one, right? <laughs> you know, but that's just how he's wired, right? Mm -hmm. He's never going to admit that it was a mistake. You know, he did the right thing. You know, he, he, he's, he can't do it. And, um, uh, you know, and, and you know, he, he kowtowed to Governor Cuomo, uh, yelling about we need more ventilators, you know, like, and, and it's just, you know, he, he was, he was hot. Yeah. And the, the fact is he, and Bobby Kennedy's calling him out for being captured by Pfizer, you know, specifically yeah. uh, the, the monies that came in and uh, there's nothing that it, it shouldn't, should be, uh, let's say not fair game when you're talking about, Hey, why are you doing what you're doing? Are there any conflicts of interest? That's a big part of what we did in the film documentary film Utah Safe and Effective. I don't know if you've seen that documentary we did. Uh, so Utah Safe and Effective.org. It's free for, for viewing and it covers the institutional conflicts of interest between uh, medicine and state, media and state, and even church and and, and uh, medicine, you know, if you will. Right. And uh, it's just an incredible thing that we've somehow been convinced that these conflicts of interest don't matter. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no impact on anything. All, all, all it is is a conflict of interest. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing left but conflict of interest. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it's 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 so corrupt. It's it's impossibly corrupt. It can't be fixed. Yeah, and that's what people are coming to that conclusion. And it's like, yeah. oh, what can we do to withdraw consent and and live a different life? We'll get into that. We're back in less than ten seconds here. Uh, with our I, I, right I have a answer for that. Good. All right, stand by. All right, here we go. All right, I think we're back now with our friends at brightian.tv. You're listening to and or watching the Robert Scott Bell Show on two hours a day, five days a week with an additional hour of Sunday conversations. And last Sunday, we had Brian Festa from We the Patriots uh, USA and Peter McCullough. Dr. Peter McCullough, great conversation always with uh, Peter. That was fun. So if you missed that, uh, Sunday's still 
some great content. You don't take the day off. That's the first day of the week, technically. All right. We got Kevin Barry on. We're talking about a lot of different things. We were hitting in the political realm. Also, the you know what is the resolution realm? We were talking uh, kind of behind the scenes here in the uh, semi-off-the-air state about conflicts of interest as well and what to do about it, how to break free of a, a system that has become so corrupt. It seems to be, yeah, how do you undo that level of corruption, you know? Well, I, I personally think it can't be undone. I think it's it's hopeless. Um, you know that the the pharmaceutical industry is just too is just too powerful, and all of the regulated people once they all of the regulators once they have their pensions set up, they're they're looking they're passing their job on to their resumes on to the pharmaceutical industry. You know, so um, I just think everyone needs to weigh that. You know, when they're uh, uh, making their informed consent is, you know, like if you, if you know how corrupt it is and you still want to go forward, good for you. But yeah. if, if you know how, how, uh, corrupt it is and you decide you want to opt out, that is, uh, your, your right. And that right needs to be strengthened. And because, uh, if it's not strengthened and locked in, you know, we're relying on pharmaceutical shareholders and, and, uh, to say, you know, we decided we have enough money. We don't, we don't want new revenue streams. We don't want more dollars. We want to let you have the ability to opt out, which is never, ever, ever going to happen. Yeah. So what's the way to do that? And that, this actually kind of tees up my, the Connecticut uh, religious exemption case. But because, uh, you know, the, for discrimination and segregation purposes under the law, uh, there are things called protected classes. And, and what you hear, you, you'll be familiar with the list. We don't discriminate on uh, uh, race, color, creed, uh, sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. gender, religion, right? So right now, um, most of the opt-outs for, for vaccine are either uh, religion or disability. And, uh, you know, sometimes for some people, not everybody is, is particularly religious. And they, they might not, they might have, and I had this conversation a long time ago with Del Bigtree and, and James Lyons Weiler, and they said they, they want to have a scientific exemption for, for vaccines. You know, right. and I, I, would, I would like to live in that world too, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know if we can get that through legislatures. But I think what we can get through legislatures, especially right now, in red states, and this is where the strategy comes in, you can get in where, where in, in, uh, vaccination or immunity status is its own protected class. And I've been talking about this for about two years and some people are picking it up, you know, so it's the concept would be go ahead and call me an anti-vaxxer. Just don't discriminate or segregate uh, based on it because, you know, racism is still a scourge, even though you can't discriminate on race. There's still misogyny. You can't discriminate against gender. You know, so all of these you know, prejudices that people have, those mm -hmm. those are that's human nature. But you just can't discriminate it. You can't say I can't have my job. You can't say I can't go to school. You can't say because uh, again, what what this is what you get. You get protected class status after segregation and discrimination has been demonstrated. Mm -hmm. And segregation and, and discrimination have been demonstrated a hundredfold I'm over the last three years, right? Yeah. Now I would like to say, and I'm an idealist here, and I know you'll appreciate this, Kevin. That we don't need to be part of a protected class to be protected, that it shouldn't require membership in a group, right? No, it, it absolutely shouldn't. And Supreme Court precedent says that it shouldn't. But yes. the, real, the real world, and, and again, we've been scrambling, trying to keep New York City cops, firemen, teachers, like so thousands of them were fired based on their religious beliefs, you know, mm -hmm. which uh, as we're 
very slowly, painstakingly making it through the courts, so many of them are getting restored. They're getting their jobs back. They're getting back pay. But you've, they've had to be able to survive for two years with no salary, no benefits, and to even to get to this place. So in, again, in the real world, the judicial process is very slow and the bills don't stop. The, the, your mortgage company doesn't want to hear that, that you're, you'll, you'll have a decision in two years you know, from that New York City violated your human rights. So in the real world, that's, that is the shortcut. And, uh, and I think it can be done. I think, it, I think it can be done at the state level. Right now, we couldn't get it done at the federal level. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why when I get speaking opportunities, like uh, recently I've been going to, to as many red states as I can. I, I live in just outside of New York City, so I'm, I'm kind of in the belly of the beast. Yeah, they got a Democratic supermajority that is yeah. so devastatingly yeah. anti-freedom. Uh, yeah. That I, you, know, you think the rise of one or two Republicans might happen there, but I think they've they've rigged the the elections. But maybe something can change. I don't know. Well, you know what? It, know what it part is partly doing. You know, and and again, freedom of religion is a is a big issue. And and I, I never thought I'd live to see religious freedom refugees in the United States, but there are, and we yeah. we and we know we know a lot of them. You know, people who have been forced based on their beliefs to leave California and New York. Connecticut, Maine, those are the four states that, that have had their religious exemption uh, removed. And uh, most of those states, those are, those are high cost of living states and high tax states in part because the public schools are allegedly good. So if you can't use the public schools and, and now you have, you've been forced into homeschooling and one of the parents has to stay home and now you don't have the two economic engines running the house, you don't have much of an option but to leave. And so and again, this, this is a little bit insidious, but is that part of the strategy of the blue states? Because they're incentivizing right-leaning, maybe more conservative, maybe more religious people to leave. Right. Is, is that what they're doing? Depopulating their own states, not by directly killing them, like in some other depopulation agendas, but, but by forcing them out. Right. And it, this is where I think it's, it's great where Bobby Kennedy's talking about healing the divide. But right now, there's it's open. It's open warfare. It's 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 open, open warfare everywhere. And yeah. and you know this issue, you'd think of of children being harmed in this way would be so obvious that people left, right, and center would come to go. Yeah, we we've got to stop assaulting children. But that's not happening. At least on the whatever they call the political left today, which isn't what it used to be. Uh, it, it's hard to even define it because it's been so captured into a you know dangerous death cult and. This bizarre, you know, promotion of, of of girls becoming boys and vice versa. I just like, how do they lose their minds so so uh, completely? Yeah, well, I think in part it's it's uh, it's industry co opting the party, the Democratic Party in particular, and then in- industry donates to both parties, and and both parties, neither party is like magically good. But the Democratic Party in particular, like something has happened over the last 30 years. Um, for example, and this is part of our, our Connecticut religious uh, uh, freedom restoration case, Connecticut is, is a RIFRA state. RIFRA is an acronym for Religious um, Freedom, freedom restoration, restoration Act. Right? And what all that is, is, is a statute that requires the highest level of judicial scrutiny, meaning strict scrutiny, meaning it's the burdens on the state to show compelling state interest and that it's narrowly tailored if there's a law that infringes on religion. So Connecticut has a RIFRA statute. In the 1993, it passed uh, the Connecticut Assembly 147 to three, right? So 30 years ago, 
that uh, that statute passed uh, with bipartisan support because religious freedom should be a bipartisan issue. That's not a Republican Democratic issue. That's an everybody issue. And the federal RIFRA, also 1983 or 94, was signed by Bill Clinton, uh, passed, uh, I think it was 98 to two in the US Senate. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the co-sponsors was then Congressman Chuck Schumer, right? So I don't know what happened over the last 30 years. I think it has to do with like the religious right, like during the George Bush years, and there was this concept that, that church churches support Republicans and the Democrats lined up on the other side. I think that's what happened. But whatever, whatever, whatever happened, it needs to stop because religious freedom is or an everybody issue. And uh, I, I mentioned in the little bio I sent you, like I'm a member of the Religious Freedom, the International Religious Freedom Roundtable, which uh, meets in, in DC um, a few times. And so pre-COVID, I had a couple of minutes to speak before that group. Um, and, I, and I was coming to them after New York and lost its RE, uh, religious exemption in 2019, and California lost its in 2015, mm -hmm. say, saying uh, that the churches need to not see, the churches need to have a zero tolerance policy for ceding religious freedom to the state, no matter what the subject. And, uh, but they were all so afraid of the vaccination issue. Like yeah. the, they don't, they don't want to get, they did not want to touch it. And what I'm was saying to them is just, they're not seeing the slippery slope. I see it very clearly that at, at, if you're looking to work to weaken religion, the biggest thing you can do is take away their, their tax, their tax immunity status, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how the religious leaders don't see that's the end of the road of starting to seed Oh, we're not going to fight for this religious right. We're not right. going to fight. We're, we'll let that one go. We'll, well let they, that one go. The, the argument then, that they finished. have to ask Kevin for a special status with the Internal Revenue Service is absurd on its face because religious institutions, by definition, are you know considered nonprofit, acknowledged in the Constitution. That becomes a corruption of, of the religious institution, subjecting itself to a uh, jurisdiction it doesn't normally fall under. I believe that's my perception. Right. I'm not an attorney and giving advice here, but I know of many churches that have decided, you know, we're not going to apply for that. We are a nonprofit religious institution under the constitution, but we don't have yeah. a reason to ask for a special dispensation or, 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 you know, um, yeah, those allowing. are called free churches. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, yeah. I think that's a, that's a nice idea, but, but again, here, here's what we're, here's what we're facing in all of these States. Mm -hmm. And again, Connecticut and, and, uh, I'm on today, like appealing for for help, you know, from uh, your nationwide audience for Connecticut, because the Connecticut people have been beaten up. They, they, every financial, like everyone who has an extra twenty bucks to Venmo us has already Venmo the twenty bucks, uh, you know. But the thing that is dangerous about what happened in Connecticut is this is the model. If we can't, if we don't push back here, where we have RIFRA, we have the highest level of judicial scrutiny. We've already run one at the trial court level, defeating the state's motion to dismiss and the state appeal to the Connecticut Supreme Court. So that's where the case sits now. When we, once we win at the Connecticut Supreme Court, we're gonna have the first trial on this subject in a court in the United States. Because um, that, that, that everything that ever happened in California or New York were preliminary injunction hearings, never went to full trial. Because think preliminary injunctions didn't happen. It didn't go through, and that's where the uh, case the case ended. So, so the great the great news and the great win that that Aaron Siri and ICANN had in um, Mississippi 
is a little bit different than our case, you know, because Mississippi, um, it's not a recent, wasn't a recent repeal. It was like 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our Connecticut, it's the city, it's the current governor and the current legislature, or what, or what took the religious exemption away in 2021. So we're, we're going, um, uh, and we're, we're going to be able to, uh, there's, there's three issues uh, that are of importance to, to the state, and public health is one of them. But so is religious freedom, and so is um, the right to education. The Connecticut state constitution uh, is clear as day that the, the, the right to education, the public education, is for all citizens. It doesn't say vaccinated, unvaccinated, or religious, non-religious. It's all citizens. And the right to education uh, it's a little bit broader than the, even the First Amendment, and it says that it's a it's a forever right. And let me get the exact language right. I, I, I screenshotted it at the beginning of the call. Yeah. But the the um, that well, I, I can't find it right away. But the the um, that you you have your right to religion. It's and it's an absolute right, provided you're not like disruptive to the peace and safety of the state. Sure. So that, that anybody else's rights. Yes. So, yes. So that, but so th- 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 this is that's going to be the issue at the trial. But the you right know, to education is an interesting one. When I think of rights, it's like, you know, could do you have to conscript others to, you know, if you have a right to education, I could force you to educate me or my kid. You know, it's my right. It, it's like the definition of rights very specifically would mean that, well, of course, I can't violate another's right, so it might not be a right. It might be a privilege that they've engaged in putting into the Constitution. Sure. Well, you, you can you can opt out, and and again, if people want to homeschool, that's great, but just you don't don't force it on people, right? Right. And and not everybody can homeschool. You know what what what's what's a single parent going to do? What what's a single parent who needs special needs services going to do? You know, so it, it's to me what I've noticed is the people who can leave, the people with the means to leave and have and have school age children, they're leaving. But not everybody has the means to leave, and we can't, as advocates, we can't leave them behind. We can't leave the people who right. who are stuck uh, for whatever reason, for mm-hmm. their jobs, for close to uh, generational levels of families. And th- this is another thing that makes me very sad because I see it all the time. It's 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 literally a lot of it is breaking up grandparent grand child relationships uh, and the world's upside down where grandparents are now visiting grandchildren in Florida instead of the other way around, you know, like for, for all of yeah. recorded time, grandkids visit grandparents in Florida. I did that as a yeah. kid. From New York. Right. I remember. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. But now, now it's the grandparents, the grandparents are here and they go visit the kids because the kids didn't go to school down there. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. So again, we're, it's a David and Goliath situation for us, you know, um, financially, because we're up against the power of the state. We're up. Uh, they have unlimited resources. They have they have hundreds of of of, uh, of people who work at the attorney general's office, and uh, you know. And I think people understand in cases like this, we're we're doing it as as advocates. Like our, our plaintiffs aren't paying us. No one hired us to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, so and at, at every step, the state's kind of slowing things down, going as slow as they can, and we're going as fast as we can. So any help people can give us uh, financially would be extraordinarily. Yeah. In the show notes today, y'all, and this is June 5th, 2023. For those of you listening later, you come to the notes and you'll see direct links. We'll tell you what those links are as well, but help David beat Goliath. You'll see this big image, donate. There's a, a QR code you can scan to donate. Uh, and uh, this is um, to support the religious exemption repeal case in Connecticut. Uh, so we've got donor box as well as Venmo links. And if you want to support what we're talking about, there's informed choice Connecticut. 
right? We have that linked up in the show notes as well at robertsgabbell.com. And yeah, there's the visual on this that you can see. And you can take a picture of the screenshot with your phone right now, scan to donate either way and help out this something that would, I believe, set precedent to some degree across the nation, not just within the state of Connecticut, uh, and show that just as that article we mentioned earlier, uh, that they acknowledge they're having a hard time putting more shots on the schedule, much less mandating existing ones. Uh, the question is, are we going to forget what we've just been through, the Superdome prediction, a year or two and go right back to the expanding, never-ending uh, vaccine schedule and then mandate for kids especially, but for adults they target? Or do we say, uh-uh, we've learned our lesson never again and we fight like hell and don't stop until we win? Right. That's beautiful. Beautifully said. And, and the Connecticut Attorney General's office is actually putting in on paper what they're submitting to the Connecticut Supreme Court, that we're not bringing substantial constitutional claims. Freedom of religion, right to education, in their view, are not substantial constitutional claims. Yeah. And also for there's 21 states that have state RIFRAs, and the Connecticut uh, Attorney General is arguing that, that the RIFRA statute does not apply to legislation. Really? Yes. They're carving out exceptions for their yes. own. Yeah, for their own benefit. Yeah. It's, 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 we're, we're, we're the king. We make the rules. And, and, but that would invalidate for statutes in every state if that, sure. if that argument holds water. What about jurisdictional issues? Like I think about the Amish community. There's Amish community in New York. I'm probably sure in Connecticut. Certainly we know oh. in Pennsylvania. And, and they traditionally, if they're adhering to their beliefs that are centuries old, they're not jabbing themselves or others and allowing this to happen. Um, you know, are they having meetings about this? I mean, is this impacting them as well? They are. We, we, one, of our, one of the cases uh, we brought in, in New York uh, State about the, uh, the RE there was for an Amish, an Amish plaintiff. And, um, you know, I had, had some entertaining uh, conversations. It's, it's hard to reach the Amish. You know, uh, you know it's uh, how to drive up there five hours and, like, find a guy grazing his cow. You know, and uh, I really got the, the uh, it's just like go to the fruit stand and talk to the lady, you know, who's with, who's selling the bottled beets and they'll point out Jonas's house. And I'm like, this is really the directions. And that's, that is how it went. But you the, uh, have like zoom meetings with them from afar. <laughs> no, but, but oh, <laughs> no, that's, that is, that is the Amish zoom meeting right there. Right there. We got a picture yeah. of yeah. <laughs> Kevin Berry meeting. Wow. Uh, it's a Zoom meeting, but in real life, all four dimensions present. And uh, you actually had to go there to talk with them, and they talk with you. What is? What are your? Is are you getting any unusual feedback in this regard, or what you would expect from that community? No, it, it's well, it's 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 unusual uh, to me and to them. You know, like, uh, but but it shouldn't have been because uh, both in that group was they were both Amish and Mennonite uh, uh, groups, and. Um, what they were saying is that there's not uniformity of opinion on vaccination uh, within their their groups, and I said, and there aren't in Catholics and Protestants and Jews and Hindus and you know like, uh, and they were like they were like oh you know like I'm like there's a, there's a subset of each faith that that uh, has a religious objection to the vaccination, and you know how we and and in a much quainter time in the late 50s early 60s when these statutes were first being written when 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 they were first having vaccine requirements to go to school, the legislatures then, which were not owned by pharma, knew there were people who had religious objections to vaccination. So they they, they entered into statute right. a religious they exemption. Yeah. They carved it out. Because and, and and this is what this is the central argument we're making. 
and it's it's what it's a constitutional argument that carried the day in Mississippi for for uh, Siri and his team uh, is that it, like if you're offering medical exemptions and not religious, you know, like you, that you're that's uh, uh, an equal protection violation, and you know that that we know that we know that there's people who have religious objections to vaccination, and you're making a vaccination requirement of school, uh, and you have no data. They have no data that shows that the religious exemption and the vaccine requirement of the school can't coexist. It's the opposite. The data they have shows that they can. They have for 60 years without major outbreaks. We live in the developed world. We have flushing toilets and running water and refrigerated food. You know, they're, they're, you can have requirements for vaccines for school and liberal exemptions and not have the sky fall. And the best evidence of that is their own data. So we're looking forward to having that trial. All right. Well, look, I'm looking forward that we're going to get some support for you to carry it on through from around the country, much less those of you in Connecticut that is, as uh, Kevin has said, you might've given all that you have and trying to find out, can you give even more uh, in support of this effort? And, and this is the last thing I want to say on that. Then we can talk about, go back to politics if there's time, yeah. but uh, what, what, what Connecticut did that's kind of nefarious and, and would be the dangerous rollout around the country is they they grandfathered they grandfathered in all the existing students right so that really weakened the army versus the army that showed up in Trenton in New Jersey because in New, New Jersey law would have taken away the RE for all the K through 12 kids so what Connecticut did is if you were if you already had an RE as of the bill passing in April 2021 you were grandfathered in till the end of high school and maybe through college if you stay in Connecticut mm-hmm. um, which which then made the only people who the restriction was relevant to were those who had children four or younger or were about to have children. Yeah. So, so, um, and that got, cause I think a lot of legislators are very short term thinkers, you know, that they, they don't know if they're going to be there in two years or four years or whatever. So the, the, that minimized the calls that would come mm-hmm. into the legislators and got them more votes. So if we can't get this knocked back in Connecticut, I think the grandfathering models, how it's going to roll out around the country. Hmm. All right. Well, let's stay on it. All right. We got about three minutes left before I have to break and then I'll go into bonus round, but uh, with our friends at Brideon.tv, the simulcast, Kevin Barry, you want to go political, let loose. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I think it's, it's extremely important. Uh, the next presidential election. Um, I, I think uh, 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 on the Republican side, uh, Governor DeSantis like demonstrably stood up to the pharma lobby. He took an enormous amount of heat. Uh, he did not mandate. He did not shut down uh, businesses. Uh, and um, the results of of his decisions is Florida is booming. There were no major health problems in Florida that were that weren't in other states. Um, and so he and he he stood up to the heat. And uh, and, I, and I think at the time, I think Scott Atlas was advising Scott Atlas from Stanford was advising both uh, Donald Trump and 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 uh, uh, Governor DeSantis. Yeah. And and Governor DeSantis listened, and ultimately Trump did. And then on the Democratic side, uh, President Biden has been a disaster on this issue, a complete disaster. And like, is this is going to be a winter of death? And it's a it's a, well, I, I can't even pandemic of the vaccinated, the pandemic of the unvaccinated, all of that. I mean, they've and never we, come back and go, sorry, oops, we were wrong. Right. And what they did to the military people is, is mm-hmm. absolutely disgusting. 
Yeah. Um, and and uh, they're, they're tried with the federal contractors. And and I I know like there were I spent the last two or three years, you know, kind of not like like almost putting advocacy on the back burner because we had to put out so many fires trying to keep people's jobs and trying to keep their in right. college and and uh, but but I, I got to turn up the advocacy, you know, because because uh, uh, politically we 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 can get I think we can get in states. Uh, vaccine status, its own protected class. And mm -hmm. if we get that in enough red states, it can kind of neuter the federal government in, in the same way that marijuana legalization laws did. Sure, it's nullification uh, from yes. the state level on yes. us. Now, yes. briefly, as we wrap up here with you, Kevin, anything you want to say about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Oh, I, I, I love him. I think he's, he's, uh, and on the, he's, he's the clear choice on the Democratic side. Um, uh, extre extremely brave man, uh, very, very smart. Uh, I, I went to Boston for his uh, uh, announcement. Uh, his announcement speech. Uh, two hours, no notes. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Whereas the current president can't get through two sentences on a on a uh, teleprompter. Right. Uh, so so, and um, I would also say that that the, the Democrat, the Biden's Biden's group needs to stop talking about saving our democracy if they won't have debates. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Won't even. You know, like, you can't, Kevin, Kevin Barry, yeah. I'm out of time, but God bless you. It's good to have you back on since it's been a long time and it was only a short time when you were on. So we got an extended version and we'll have you back, of course, especially with updates out of Connecticut. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, Kevin, thanks so much. And y'all check out links in the show notes to him and all of his efforts and many others that are supporting that. And I hope you'll support it as well. Once again, the Robert Scott Bell Show is on two hours a day, five days a week with a sixth hour, if we can call it that, sixth day. Yeah, sixth day with an hour. Uh, conversations on Sunday. You missed it. It's Peter McCullough. And uh, he was on just this last Sunday with Brian Festa. We got a lot more healing to go in the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you want to check it out, come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. Sign up for the newsletter because the power to heal is yours. Okay, bonus round commences here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, cranking it up back in studio. I, I, I hope I was, uh, I, I think I just went warbly. I just noticed that sometimes that the linkage goes, goes down, but I uh, appreciated having Kevin Barry on for the discussion, his candor as well. And that's why I said I remembered him so well, but it's like, was he on the show before? Yes, he was. Hooray. And, you know, you have a very good memory when it comes to that. Because, yeah. you know, you asked me, and I'm like, I don't know. He looked familiar, but I did a search <laughs> right? and I didn't see it on the website. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. Really great guy. And, yeah, absolutely. And our first hour guest. Good Lord. I mean, people are doing such good things. You know, he, uh, that was uh, – up with people he sang around the country with the up with people i remember well. that i do too i remember that. but how yeah. cool is that that's jeff pearson for those of you In fact, that i want to say that I, I don't know if we played something from that on the show or i just remember there was there was some performances that were on youtube mm -hmm. that i was very impressed with yeah dude i need to get a new stool what happened to your stool it's uh there i'm not going to crack a joke on that but it's just this okay. wooden stool that doesn't look very comfortable at all. It, well, I don't mind it because, you know, okay. I mean, whatever. But uh, it's. Oh, look at it wobble. Yeah. And so you know I still, to, I kind of like, I, I like put it in a, in a position. If I had it, I could fix it and reinforce it for you. Cause I, I, I was looking at that earlier and I'm like, you know, I've got this, this really cool uh, cordless drill that I got now. So I feel like I'm like Bob Phillip now. Stuff. 
right? I can make anything now, right? You can make um, holes in it so your butt will breathe easier through but it. But I'm thinking I probably could take some screws and just yes. kind of just, just, you know, and, and put them in at a diagonal. And I would reinforce it with something. But yes, uh, yeah. if, if if you're comfortable with that, I, I have a little padded stool. I just for my I still, I, I can kind of like adjust it to a certain uh, like position and then kind mm-hmm. of just sit on it. But I just have this horse. You know what? I, I should have learned something from that thumb situation I had. What? Where it's like I'm doing something and I go, you know what? I'm probably going to hurt myself if I do this. Uh, and I'm 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 ignoring that that small right. still voice. voice that's small telling still you voice. fix the stool. You know what's going to happen is when I'm going to be like, so Robert, hi- oh, right, gonna, you know. down. And and what is this shirt you got today? My mom loves it. She rec- oh. recommends that uh, you, you you're dressing so nicely today. What is I, that? Uh, you shirt? know, I've always loved the style, but I've never worn it. It's like I've always mm. been like, you know, I, that that whole like, um, what was that TV show that was so popular? Two and a half men. Remember uh, Charlie Sheen? He always oh, wore right. you know the 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 kind of golf, uh, not golf, but bowling, bowling type shirt, shirt yeah. or something like that. Right. And I I, uh, I ordered a couple of these, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna. I'm going to try it out and see what I like. I like it. Nice. Very nice. I think it suits me. I don't know about What do you think? I like it. I, I dig it. it? On you. Yeah, okay. I think it's good. I don't know if I can pull it off, but I like it on you. So anyway. Yeah. I use this uh, hat for a bowl of soup. Oh, it looks good on you. What's that for him? Uh, Caddyshack. No. It's a Rodney Dangerfield line. Sorry. For Ted Danson's character. Anyway. No. Uh, so tonight, I think Monday night's, Jim Garrigus is still doing the advanced medicine kind of meetings on Clubhouse, I think it is. Tonight's mm-hmm. guest is Dr. our friend, Dr. Brian Artis. Yeah. And I think it's next a week from today, I'll be the guest on with them uh, for that crew, crew, just keeping it going, keeping the fire flame burning for Dr. Batar. Cool. So like I said, I, I, I don't think I was all here today. Still not fully grounded. You did fine. You've had worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fine. Crazy. It was. It was was all good. So tomorrow, yeah, uh, we have got Yoni Witten on. You remember Ari Witten? Yeah, had on who uh, did the energy and the the breathe the breathing thing like that. Yoni Witten is, I believe, his brother. Okay, and uh, he specializes in pain. Mm-hmm. And dealing with with uh, you know chronic pain, and so we will have him on tomorrow to talk about what uh, what he knows about that, and ways in, that uh, people can maybe address that. Mm. He's his his own techniques. So we'll have him on tomorrow. And dude, Wednesday it's been yeah. way too long. We've got Ginger Taylor back. Yeah, you know I got to hang out with Ginger a little bit this weekend. She was. Oh, did uh, you really? She was in. Uh, I did not know Boise. that. Yeah, it was fun to catch up. So she's wonderful. She's, we'll you know, I mean, been so, so, uh, involved over the years in the autism community. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, the thing that I think of when I think of Ginger Taylor is not that. What is it? I think of how fierce she was, uh, in the Ron Paul campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, she was tremendous. We might have to bring that up because I, for whatever reason, I just, that's the, the memory that I have of when, mm-hmm. when Paul was, this was in 2012. Also, yeah. um, she and her husband and family invited Liam Sheff into their house for some time as that's well. Right. And, right. you know, that's where he began. Liam le- learned about the damage that was very real to children who were injured by vaccines, you know, yep. on that journey. Oh, you and, know what? What? I, I, maybe I'm the one that's half asleep here. I'm Why? looking at next week. I'm not even looking at this week. Oh, it's all, you're lo- leaping ahead to next I'm week? I'm a week ahead. We've got wow. Julie Blake on tomorrow. Okay. 
Julie Blake, and then we've got Nutritional Frontiers. That's right. We got yeah, Jamie. Oh, never mind. It's next week when we have Ginger Taylor. All right, and Yoni. I see that as well. (sighs) I'm glad this is bonus round. (laughs) (laughs) We got uh, Lewis Hearn scheduled for Wednesday. And uh, see, I'm going to be recording with Donna Gates on Thursday for her show, her podcast. And just looking at Friday's schedule, Vanessa Elston and Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. So we got some good stuff coming up this week. Yes, sir. And I uh, had a uh, really some phenomenal recordings at the event that we'll play. Uh, we mentioned an, an hour-long episode uh, with Carl. Um, and let me see if I have his, his, do I have his notes here about some of the things we discussed? It was pretty intense. We got Dr. Ryan Cole, which, who I think will be our next Sunday conversation a week from yesterday. Okay. And let's see what else I got here. I'm just going through my physical notes. I uh, see we had last week we had Taryn Gregson, Dawn Jolly from We the Patriots, Brian Festa. Who else was on that show? James Lyons Wilder. If you missed the Friday show, Connor Boyack, Ashley Tipton. I mean, that was an amazing show. In the bonus round, we had Brian Hooker on Friday. Dude, it was amazing how much good stuff we got. And then uh, Sunday's show was Brian Festa and Peter McCullough uh, yesterday. And let me see, do I have? Just going back, man. I got somebody at the front door. I'll be right back. Okay, go right ahead. I'll just keep talking. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's Carl Kanthak, uh, which (laughs) you want to learn about the details of uh, exemptions and the issues to the the attempts to overthrow them, like in in Washington State and what he learned by researching it, that whole history. We got a whole, well, I'd say a 56-minute presentation that is so comprehensive and so good that we can't wait to air it. But for now, Super Don's going to have it up for our patron supporters first. So you'll have access to this information that eventually we'll have links up to get, you know, the, the presentation in total so you can actually use it and submit it to your state legislators as well. Uh, so that's Carl Kanthak. And uh, that's, that's again, Super Don says he'll put that up in the uh, patron. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll work on that. Um, Maybe this evening mm-hmm. I'll get, uh, I'll get your presentation. That's right. M- remind everybody I did a presentation this weekend, right? Saturday, yep. I think it was. And uh, yeah. Talk. And it was, um, where did I, where did I put that? Yeah. That talk is not available for at least a few weeks, but you recorded it while it was happening. I did. Oh, look at that. We've been raised, I was raised on antibiotics. Having America is so that it often happens triple at the rate that they would expect in terms of recovery of tissue integrity locally and reducing the potential for scar tissue formation. Pretty good quality sound there, huh? The audio is great because it was echoing more likely. Where are you? It's all slides here. Where's Robert That's the the difficulty in terms of the the increasing rates of infertility, the inability to become pregnant, much less carry a baby to term. And there's a lot of reasons for Pretty that. Good Most of there, them huh? relate wow. back to the yeah. allopathic medical monopoly. So there you go. So anyway, I'll uh, I'll get that uploaded to Patreon, and then eventually we'll we'll, maybe we'll somehow make it available it to wider. Yeah, um, but this is the advantage you get for for supporting us for a little as five bucks a month through Patreon. So right now we've got that. That's a bonus. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to have the the interview that you did with Ryan Cole and Mm -hmm. with what was the other one? Contact. Okay. 
And and uh, Ryan Cole, we I think that's going to be our Sunday conversation coming up. But you'll okay. have a sneak preview uh, beforehand. Patrons will get that first, and then yeah. again, like we've mentioned before, the uh, archived, not available anywhere else, uh, episodes of Advanced Medicine Monday with Rashid Batar. Yeah. He has some out there. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't have episodes going back to 2011 that I've been able to find. So these are yeah. these are episodes that you will not find anywhere of just. Rashid talking about you know stuff in in the Various news topics, and, yeah. and just uh, Rashid being Rashid man, but yep. dude, uh, we don't get more of that this lifetime with him. So, all right. So Leslie likes my shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, Don, Don loves Don's shirt. Don looks Super a good D. sewer Don. Sewer Don. Steven says, uh, or Steve says, I can carry a bowling bag as a stylish accessory. <laughs> <laughs> and Dawn again here says that uh, she buys, literally bowling buys bowling shoes. shoes for polka dancing. Yeah. Or or Dawn likes to pretend that she has Polish heritage. Like, I think oh. we need to hear to meet Ula and see if it's legit with the polka. I'm teasing Dawn. Of is course. Ula ever here anymore? Is she? Oh, she's she been busy. Busy, busy. We, got, we got ghosted by Ula in the chat room. Who's coming to uh, the the we? There we go. I say Don. I literally buy bowling shoes for polka dancing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The question is, what about your wife? What does she think of this shirt on you? Because that's the most she important. Likes it. Yeah. No, she likes yeah. it. She's good for it with it. Okay. I've got another one. It's a it's a green one. I'll I'll wear at some point. But I think I'm going to pick up some new ones. I want to try it out. Mm-hmm. And 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 everybody's opinion it does mm-hmm. matter. I like it. So okay. Everybody approves. This will kind of be. I my think it looks good. One of my new looks. Don should challenge Ula to polka dancing. So, um, yeah, I'll bet you she can polka. Mm-hmm. I still want to ask ask her about the Polish chickens, though. Remember that? Yes, Polish right. Week? Polish chicken. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Upcoming events. We just had We the Patriots USA this past weekend. What's coming up next? It looks like June twenty fourth, a Saturday. Uh, that's uh, at uh, Loveland, Loveland, Colorado. Colorado. Loveland, Colorado. And I'm looking at June, and look what I've done. I've set the uh, AMA for that day, and I didn't even have it. Why is it not in my uh, calendar? I screwed I up. Know. I did. I screwed up on this. What happened? Look at the date of the AMA. And AMA look at the date is of the event. 24th. Of... And look at the date of the Real Solutions for Healthy Living. Oh, is it the same day? Mm-hmm. Okay, well... We will have to uh, pick another day for the AMA then. How about we do it July 1st, Saturday, July 1st? Uh, okay. So that means and we'll do a second one later in month. July. Yeah. Uh, uh, but right, right on the edge. So let's move the AMA to the, tw- the 1st <laughs> of July because right. I can't do it while I'm at the. No, you're right. And, and you got to go to the event. You can't yeah. not go to the event. So, yeah. All right. I am moving okay. it right now to July. 1st. And we'll do two in July for that. So we're going to make up for it, huh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Save, send. All right. It is done. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. I just discovered it as we're going through the upcoming events. Right. Because it wasn't on my calendar for some reason. It's weird. All right. Then we've got the big family union at Leslie's Place in Southwest Missouri, July 14th through 16th. And there's a lot of fun things are going to happen. Food, family, campfires, music, learning, healing, homesteading. Uh, and, uh, hopefully we'll have, uh, let's see, I'm, I think we invited Joni Abbott to come speak as well. 
let's see who else might be able to come. Taryn Gregson is talking about coming. Uh, Tipper, what's a uh, Tapper? Jake Tapper? No, not Jake Tapper. That's silly. Why would I think that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just losing it here. It's uh, Dr. Gore? Ben Tapper. Dr. Ben Tapper. Not Tipper Gore. Not, not Tipper Jake Gore. Tapper. Not, no. Yeah. Dr. Ben Tapper is talking about coming. Leslie's got it. I just don't pay attention to what's coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> Uh, and and many more. Kevin, of course, will be here before he moves to Israel, uh, and we'd love to see you be part of that. Then we got the next weekend, the Summer Splash uh, with Maho, Mid-American Health Organization. I'll be speaking at that event on Sunday, but I'll be there for the weekend, and I think that Friday the 21st is uh, Whitaker's Farm Market. I don't know that we have a banner for that, but those of you in Ohio, it's about, I think, 45 minutes or so outside of Columbus, and that'll be a Friday evening event open to the public. So if you're in Ohio, I want to do that. Yeah, I can't get Super Don to commit to anything like that, Leslie. I'm trying. figuring like out. Couldn't get him to meet me in Boise, much less come all the way to Missouri. Dude, it's just, I, honestly, it's, and it's not that I don't want to go places. Yeah, I know. I, I know. just, dude, I have so much responsibility. Yeah, Grandpa Super Don, it's I not just, just you and your wife. You know, it's not like I just sit around and have nothing to do ever or I have mm. no commitments or, you know. Yeah, my my wife and I are kind of the glue that holds everything together, <laughs> and between that and my work schedule and but you're you know you're what you're just such kids, an inspiring daycare and all that stuff all that. you know it, you are well, let, here, here's here. an example here's an example how mm -hmm. long have I been talking about taking a trip to the beach I know years years right mm -hmm. and I just finally next weekend yeah I uh, am going to be able to go to the beach I live. Three hours away, so well, three and a half, maybe four hours mm -hmm. away from from the beach. Yeah, and the whole you know, one of the things coming from where did we come from? Arkansas. When we mm -hmm. came from Arkansas back to Oregon, yeah, uh, it was just like, yay, I'm gonna. Didn't I say beach. I'm gonna be close? And I five years later, I still yeah. have not done it. Yeah, didn't I say you can't go unless you come to Leslie's event? Didn't I say that? No, no, I didn't say that. See, Leslie, I'm sorry, I didn't want to twist it on. <laughs> But other than that, it's just, it's so difficult to travel. It is. Yeah. So August 12th through 13th, Des Moines, Iowa, Red Pill Expo. Love to see you there with G. Edward Griffin. And it's always amazing. Cancer Control Society's 48th annual cancer convention, September 6th through 2nd through 6th. It's basically Labor Day weekend in Glendale, uh, California, LA Basin, uh, Glendale Hilton Hotel. And we have the Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th, 2023. If you think you'd like uh, to speak. I actually have a new banner for that. I haven't put up yet. Oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Panel moderator and speaker. That's me, RSB. That's you. That's happening. And for Super Don to incentivize him to come to Vegas, there's also a simultaneous, uh, like a contact expo kind of thing with uh, about UFOs and aliens. Oh, I, yeah. I'm so there. Yes. there for that. Oh, man. I just can't resist that. I could wear the, my cool shirt, though, to Vegas. Totally. It would yeah. totally work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Your Health Freedom Symposium, <laughs> that uh, my friend, uh, Kier, uh, let me think. Clearly. Pierre Corey? No. Well, Pierre Corey's going to be there. Marilyn Lass? Uh, well, yes, and Jancy Lindsay and Tricia Lindsay and Caleb Warnock and Priscilla Romans, and I plan to be there October 6th and 7th. Jake Tapper? Jake, not Jake <laughs> Tapper. Stop it. <laughs> Kristen Chevrier puts that on every yes. year. Okay. Uh, Trinity Health Freedom Expo, October 14th through 15th uh, at Tinley Park Convention Center. Please sign up to be there with us there. And then we have a big event November 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, the Warners are hosting that. The Master Plan for Raising Healthy Kids and Adults with the Wellness Parenting Revolution. 
So check it out, wellnessparenting.info. And if you want to become a vendor, Dr. Warner, DRS, Warner at protonmail.com. And there's a little scan to register as well. So that's it. There may be more added. So there's a lot coming up. And I'm just glad to be home for now for a little bit uh, until uh, later in June for the Colorado event. And there may be some good people I saw in Boise that'll be there for that one too, including the good guys I met. They're cool. All right. Anything else in the chat room? Comments, questions? I'm checking uh, social media uh-huh. and Rumble. We're good. What do you got on our website? You, uh, you, know, you only have one. There's some stuff going back between Steven and Cetro Spotlight. I don't know if it's cantankerous or lovely and loving. I don't know what's going on. So I'm going, but uh, that's the last I noticed in the chat room there. Our people, uh, I know Michael Bolden was in earlier, if he's still here, and Mom. Mom was in earlier. Hopefully all is well there. Folks, I just want to remind you about the Folium PX while I'm thinking about it. Um, we have to get Babri Babri back on because he got some kind of big award for his work, you know, bringing this out. And it's a profound um, botanical blend that is like an antioxidant, a better way to say it, than Chernobyl level. And you understand what I'm saying. I'm reminding you, it got my mom back on the dance floor at 89. And it's got the folium original, folium PX, the folium relax, and the folium immuno. And these are the three products that you, you know, you put your put put them to the test and see where you're at. When if you've hit a wall, if you're like, I'm doing pretty good, but there's something put that into the mix. Go to foliumpx.com and use the code RSB10 to get 10% off. If you've got questions, just reach out to them. Bobbery might even call you back. But we've we've had some great interviews. Uh, with some doctors as well as some people who have benefited by it. I just saw a video we had. Remember, we did an interview live from Israel. And I don't know if the audio was perfect, but one of the ladies lost her singing voice. She was a professional actor and singer and everything. And she got on the folium. She got her voice back. I saw her do a separate video, like a seven, eight-minute video from the garden somewhere in Israel with the birds singing in the background. She did a song. She sang to Bobri. She was so grateful. Just so beautiful, these stories of recovery. So if you think you can't, you can't. If you're open to the possibility that you can, you can. And don't give up. If you haven't tried this, I've tried everything, but you haven't tried this, go to foliumpx.com and get it. All right. What else? Anything else as we wrap up today's broadcast back in studio here? I think that about covers it. Okay. You updated the AMA. Thank you. Invitation. We've moved it to July 1st, Saturday. Technically, it's not in June, but it's right there on the edge. I'm going to count it as the June one. Just saying. You mean the the July one? The July one will count as the June one, and we'll do a July one later in July as well. Okay. We'll do July one and something else. Zoom AMA, where we give away a lot of good stuff. Be careful. We might be starting something here. People would be like, oh, hey, aren't we supposed to have two a month? You just got to be starting something. Yeah. All right. All well, right. Thank you all for being here. Thanks, uh, guys, what? for hanging out. And uh, thanks to our guests as well today. Thank you for supporting them and supporting us directly and indirectly. All you got to do really is share the show and make us not the best kept secret in health talk media anymore. And that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, you go, uh, you go put your feet up. I'm going to go now, in the after garden. you go to the garden. I'm yeah, going to do the same you. thing. I got to go talk. To yeah. And then I've got to take video dog. pictures and things so we can showcase the gardens this week too. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. All right, brother. guys. Have a good afternoon. See you guys.